once in a generation, there emerges an athlete with skills and prowess that go above and beyond the limits of human imagination. These superstars have the power to change hearts and minds, and with a little bit of luck, the world. You know them by name. Ed, Bud, and now, Jack. That's right. It's time to discuss that verticalist primate, MVP2. So I never really know how to start talking about these movies that we watch, but I think that my first reaction to the movie MVP2, colon, Most Vertical Primate, is that I am so proud of Airbud for, like, branching out from acting and starting his own production company and, like, <laughs> and like you know, franchising out and, and financing his movies and getting in on the business side of things. I'm I'm proud of of Airbud for being a mogul. You know, he didn't just he didn't because the he's not going to have those looks forever. And so the fact that he uh, that he invested in something long term for his whole that is going to fu- put his whole litter of buddies through uh, obedience school, <laughs> not to mention trips to space and becoming superheroes. I, I think it's sweet. I don't know. I just think it's really cool that he um you know that that he's being smart about his business. I, I I'm kind of offended actually that you think that this is a um uh, part of the the air bud empire uh when clearly ed blazed the path for bud to even begin to crawl okay now you you said ed in your intro and i was like okay i'm going to pretend like i know which ed he's talking about <laughs> i'm assuming you mean mm-hmm. mr ed the horse i don't i mean ed from the movie ed uh- <laughs> You mean? Starring, oh wait, that's 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 yeah, that's the movie where the camera crew's following the guy around. Like, yeah, that's Ed TV. Oh, okay, 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 uh, okay. So, so wait, wait. This is the one where Tony Shalhoub is. Uh, is he Einstein in that one, or is that, that is that's isn't that with a bird? No, wait, no, 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 no. Well, there's Polly. Okay, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I was actually, I think I was actually talking about IQ, where I think Jack Lemon is Einstein. <laughs> that's that's Walter Matthau. <laughs> well, okay. So anyway, uh, so this is a movie. This is a movie called MVP Two. It stars a giraffe, yeah. and he does a, a great job. <laughs> Ed was a movie in 1996, uh, starring a. Uh, the synopsis on the IMDb is. A trained chimpanzee plays third base for a minor league baseball team, and Wait. it stars one Matt LeBlanc. Oh my God! I didn't even realize. I'm so, I didn't realize that there was another chimpanzee playing sports movie that came out like what five years before this. <laughs> so this movie. Oh my God! The '90s were like a, a hotbed for these movies. I I mean, listen. I certainly I remember I remember the latter stages, and I think I've <laughs> I remember the latter stages of the chimpanzees doing human stuff. Uh, boom, which was monkeyed movies on TBS, the Superstation, which started out as interstitial bits where they'd have chimpanzees right. uh, act out scenes from like The Lost World or something, Jurassic Park two, and then it eventually transitioned to like a very truncated one season sitcom where they tried to have a whole sitcom about a workplace sitcom where it's chimpanzees running a TV station. Uh, so I was in at the end. I just, I always knew it as a small screen thing and not a big screen thing. 
Oh, I, yes. I mean, like, now we're just talking sports movies, but like the, <laughs> yes, the animal pairing of a child and an animal goes back even further. I mean, what was that Thora Birch movie uh, where they were, um, you know, thieves? You know, they're kind of on the run. Uh, Monkey Trouble. Oh, 1994. <laughs> Well, that's I we I should have guessed that name because I mean what you're describing there is literally monkey trouble. Um <laughs> what I find kind of insulting about these and I'm looking at wikipedia's for them now is just that I mean I don't I mean no disrespect to monkeys whatsoever, but all of these movies including the ones that the one that we watched today implies mm-hmm. that chimpanzees are better at doing human stuff than humans are, like that they're somehow <laughs> more gifted or more talented at so navigating our built environment than us, the species that built it. And I'm not, I'm just like, I guess I'm a little offended. I mean, I'm not making movies suggesting that I would be better, like doing monkey stuff than monkeys I would, are. I would, I, I, there was a moment in my notes where I'm like, I want someone to show this monkey up. I, I, I wanted to like, I want like Jordan to dunk on it and just like, this monkey needs to be taken down a peg. No, truly, truly this monkey yeah, it needs he needs to be put in his place. He's kind of an asshole a little bit. All right, and we got to be fair. It's not a monkey. It's, it's a, a chi- it's a chimp. They're different things. Yeah, they're different things. But also, well, a actually, no. I, who the fuck are we offending by saying that? I, I, well, I don't I, eat meat, so like, and I I'm an animal lover, and I don't give a shit. If we call it a monkey or an ape. Well, listen. Based on the logic of this movie and movies of its ilk, there is a monkey slash chimpanzee not only listening to our podcast but also calling up one of his friends and making a much better podcast that gets more <laughs> listeners than ours. And as I say it out loud, I now realize I want to see that movie so badly, <laughs> and would have even more fun watching it than I did with this one. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I couldn't. I. I could not use a stick to catch and eat ants. Okay, I pr- I would suck at that if I tried. I could not I would not be able to pick grubs out of a loved one's hair and consume them or feed them to my loved ones. I j- I couldn't I I can't achieve on 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 a chimpanzee or a monkey's level. I just don't want them to suggest that they're like maybe if the whole movie was him practicing and th- and like he sucks at first, but then by the end of it he's a good chimpanzee hockey player I, I, fair I, fair I have, I have so many questions but let's and i have some some opening salvos but let's for lack of a better term let's prime our audiences as in primate oh um, that's good <laughs> our that's, that's really audiences good. That's great. on what this movie is about we are covering most vertical primate to the sequel this is a, a a second in a series of three um, a, a story, a story too too grand for only a single film. I, 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 in a rare, shocking moment, I did not watch the first one for this. Oh, I was, I was wondering, I was wondering, did Landon do all of his homework on this? Because did you read, I, the, did you read the novel tie-in at least? <laughs> there, there was a moment right before I pressed play that I'm like, well, the first one is also available. Maybe I should should watch that and then i thought you know what landon you're over 40 years old <laughs> there's yeah. only so much time left in your life the hours that you spent watching the the french version of jungle to jungle <laughs> what, like th- those were hours you could have spent watching mvp1 but go on please yeah I, roger ebert is still rolling over in his grave over that one but uh it, it occurred to me that the unanswered questions for this specific movie could only mine 
more gold in trying to figure out contextually what the fuck happened in the first movie. <laughs> Starting this movie without having seen the first one is a real slap in the face that we will discuss. <laughs> well, no, so I'm just saying, let's prime the, the, our listeners for yeah. what, what happens in this movie, and then I've got some opening salvos for you. Okay, perfect. All right. So Jack, the hockey-playing chimpanzee, is drafted to play for the Seattle Simeons, so he leaves his family and younger brother Louie behind so he can travel to the big city. Jack turns out to be one of the best hockey players of all time and leads the Simeons to a big winning streak, until their arch-rivals, the L.A. Carjackers, sabotage them by framing Jack for biting one of their players out on the ice. Now reviled by his former fans and wanted by the police, Jack goes on the run, befriends a skateboarding orphan, and does some sick tricks on a halfpipe to save the day. Yeah, that covers it. Yeah? I mean, I mean, d- d- am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? You're... I don't... You, well, I, to be honest, I can't... I, I can't say with all certainty. <laughs> I mean, look... First of all, I do have a question. Yes. And... Actually, I'm going to earmark it about, about the relations of, of the apes here. But, um... Let me let me start by asking you this uh, very broad question for this genre of film. <laughs> um, oh, great. How do you feel about... Uh animal characters or, or movies surround centered around the the arrival of a um animal savant i mean well i don't know i mean i i i already had some pretty harsh opinions about certain hallmarks of the genre um you know i think that uh i'm not unilaterally opposed to them but i would say that any any movie which involves a whole lot of a specific animal being on screen, I kind of am a little bit thinking, okay, how much fun is this animal having? And when yeah. it's and when it's something involving primates, I'm like very concerned. Not like I, I'm really worried about how good of a time this animal is having in this wait, situation. Wait how confusing and Are frightening you- <laughs> could this be? Are you suggesting that you wouldn't put, um, I don't know, a nine-year-old kid in the same bed as a chimp? I am saying that the way you are with bears, I kind of am with primates. I've read, I mean, not, okay, not okay. Primates includes us, and I, admittedly, I am standoffish to a lot of people, monkeys and chimpanzees <laughs> and stuff. I am just, just sort of always looking at them. It's like always makes me a little bit uncomfortable and i kind of don't want to like do too much of that and this movie involves a lot of looking very closely at one or or a chimpanzee kind of capering around really close to someone and i've read a lot of stories about chimpanzees um uh ripping people's faces off I, i i dare say that if you didn't pay close attention you would miss emotional beats if you weren't looking at the primate in this movie no like i i was looking i was looking at the primate in this movie okay and again that every, every character in every movie is a primate land and i've said the the monkey in this movie <laughs> i'm uh like i i i'm able to look at his face but in a lot of cases where i know that they're i and i'm i'm aware analytically of the emotional beat that they're trying to convey but to me i'm looking at it and just thinking like Okay, so I'm just looking at a shot of this animal looking at its trainer holding a piece of beef jerky or something. Like I can't, I, like, <laughs> right, and the, right. and if the if the if the monkey is looking sad, I'm like, oh, oh god, is uh, is the monkey okay? What did they do to the monkey to make it look that way? Like, is it uh, like? <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, I 100 percent agree with you, and it's it's a big part. A why I don't eat meat to begin with, but like. Yeah, the, 
I don't know. I when it comes to animals on screen, I I can't even watch horse riding. Like if there's mm-hmm. a horse charging through a screen, forget it. I I just the idea of it even falling over, you know, uh makes me squirm. Yeah. So but there there's something specific about chimps that is like I don't know. I maybe the the fear for me, and I'm plumbing real deep here. Like I'm going to therapy. Oh, this, is this like is, this is great. We are we are 13 minutes in, and we are litigating our <laughs> deepest, uh, most existential fears as projected through our common ancestors. <laughs> this is what the podcast has done to us. There's something the, the, so all of all of our intelligent design believing listeners are unsubscribing. <laughs> no, no. Go on. There's please. something so human in their faces but it's they're you know limited by the fact that it's like it, the fear of watching something become self-aware and it's like looking into the face of a chimpanzee always feels like it's something on the cusp of realizing what's being done to it and yeah. then to your your point realizing oh i'm not having fun and i can tell you i don't like this and thus we're gonna have a nope situation on our hands. I I have I I have not seen nope yet. Um, but I keep whenever people refer to something being a nope situation, it's always wildly different from all the other things I've heard referred to as nope type situations. So I I know this movie is gonna be bonkers when I finally get around to it. Uh, yeah. Um, so I just generally don't feel comfortable with chimps or orangutan any any kind of animal that exists i don't I mean, like I, on screen I, listen i can I, I don't like long pause on screen <laughs> I, I i can I, somehow i can do i can handle a dog in a movie like a dog movies like i don't it's not like i'm i'm you know first in line to see a dog's purpose too or something or any of the like the same way that there was a genre of of animal playing sports movies, specifically chimpanzee playing sports movies in the '90s, there was a real run of kind of mystical, otherworldly dog with celebrity voice movies in the late 2010s. I'm just calling that one out yeah. too. Um, I I feel okay watching a dog starring in a movie because I don't know d- dogs. They're usually having fun, I guess. I just am sort of assuming, like, okay, this this animal, it's fine. It, it's it's yeah. he's okay. He's he's being all right. It's fine. It's just that I see a, a a chimpanzee, a monkey, or something. It's like this is a much more intelligent creature with a much broader, like, kind of emotional range, a much more yeah. difficult to care for animal. And so, in a low budget movie such as this one, I'm like, okay, is is uh, Jack played by? Uh, uh, Louis, I guess, or Bernie. Uh, Jack played Bernie. by Bernie. Jack uh, is Bernie. Yeah. Yes, Jack is Bernie. Of course, uh, this is our this is our code. Uh, is Bernie <laughs> is Bernie going back to a good cage or a bad cage? How big is the cage? Right. Uh, how well, many how, how many drugs are being administered to him? I'm welcome to our comedy show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're enjoying <laughs> thinking about animal I cruelty. I don't think this is quite on level with the Andromeda Strain, but it's a good segue to talk about the people behind this movie. Um, the director and co-writer of this um, is Robert Vince. And I just want to read you real quick uh, some of his uh, directorial and producer producerial. Some some of the many herbal bourbons he's manufactured. (laughs) 
<laughs> what if uh, what if okay. County Line Three No Fear has a chimpanzee in it? What if that's the oh new the new the new black hat who Sheriff Wolpat has to rustle out of his county? <laughs> um, so MVP the first one was his first movie, and MVP two is his second movie. But here's what he goes on to do: mm-hmm. uh, Airbud the seventh inning stretch. Okay, uh, Spy Mate, which is a <laughs> a spy movie starring a chimp. <laughs> okay. Also, also, I want to I want to make clear for everyone fact checking. That's Airbud seventh inning fetch, not stretch. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Recognize. Hey, listen. That is that is good wordplay erasure, Landon. And I will not abide that <laughs> on our show. Uh, goes on to direct the he rounds out the 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 M- MVP trilogy with MXP, most extreme primate, and that's mm-hmm. a snowboarding one. Oh um, boy. He well, handles a number, if not all, of the remaining Buddies films. So Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Super Buddies. Uh, mm-hmm. And then not muddy clearly buddies, had though. more to he clearly had more to say and went on to the Pup Star videos uh movies. So he did Pup Star, Pup Star Better Together, Pup Star World Tour, Pup Star Puppy Star Christmas, oh, Pup okay. Academy, and Super Pups. What, and what Phantom are, Pups. When are we going to get Pup Star Never Stop Never Stopping? Like, when are, they, when are, we, when are the Air Buddies going to start doing uh, riffs on Lonely Island movies? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, all of this to say is that he clearly has... Well, I'm not going to... I can't speak for his talent behind the camera. <laughs> he has, I, uh, he has I, a penchant. He, gets, he keeps getting hired to do animal yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, that yeah, and it seems like that one one would hope then that that presumably maybe he's good with animals since he does since he works with animals so much, and the trainers want to keep You'd working so. with him. I'd, I'd hope so. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know anything we, this about. We there's no no news headlines, you know, in the vein of luck. Uh, coming from yeah. him, so <laughs> yes, Let, we, luck, which was less a TV show and more a means for killing horses that somehow involved Dustin Hoffman. Um, I, I yeah, I I don't know. I guess I'm just saying whatever we say about this movie or feeling uncomfortable about chimpanzees in movies, I, I am not seeing any evidence in looking at this guy online that anything off was happening here or anything yeah. awry was. So I want to just make clear we're not we're not calling this guy an animal abuser. There's no reason to think that he Oh is. no no no. In fact I was making quite the opposite point of like Exactly. Yes. The fact that he you know, you you hear these people uh, that are like, I will never work with animals again. Uh he has made a career of working with animals. So yeah. you know you have to have something <laughs> in order to do that. Um the, and bra- it, braver cool. than the troops, so, basically. He he wrote the characters in the, I guess the first one. And so he's credited as a writer for the characters in this and someone by the name of Ann Vince. I don't want to presume the relation between her and, and him. Yeah. Um, but they have the same last name. Um, wrote this one with, uh, somebody named, uh, Elan Mastai. Uh, they both have limited, but really odd. Like Ellen, Elan, Elan. Oh my God. Landon. Why did you, why'd you choose to do this part of? <laughs> I could. I, I'm looking at it now. How about this? He's Elan uh, Mestai, the Canadian screenwriter yeah. and novelist, best known for the F word, for which he won the Canadian Screen Award for best adapted screenplay at the Second Canadian Screen Awards in 2014. Um, he produced uh, the completely forgotten Samuel L. Jackson thriller, The Samaritan. Mm, mm-hmm. I. You know. You know who else has forgotten that movie? Me. I have. <laughs> 
I, I also I also admit I haven't been super listening to 100% of what you're saying because I started clicking through uh, uh, Robert Vince's pre-Airbud material, which includes a <laughs> lot of erotic thrillers such as Tomcat Dangerous Desires. Uh, Wait, what? Under, uh, yeah, yeah, Tomcat Dangerous Desires. Robert Desi- Vince? Robert Vince, he, see, he produced, yes. He produced that. He didn't oh, direct. Produced. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I was just looking at director... Oh wow! Look at all that. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Let's see. Bol- we got Bulletproof Heart, Canadian American Neo Noir. Yeah, I mean, Samurai honestly, Cowboy, Anthony uh, Lapaglia is in Bulletproof Heart, and Peter White Boyle. Tiger. I, Landon, what if, uh, what if we do a podcast where we just watch all of this guy's pre Airbud movies just for no real reason other than than just fascination? Uh, let's start with Cafe Romeo. Uh, yeah, which it, in today's parlance would be Cafe Bonio, I guess, and the uh, the the dogs, the the puppies, all go there to get bones. Yeah, Michael Ironside's in it. Yeah, uh, Tomcat Dangerous Desires. That wouldn't have to. Ch- you wouldn't have to change the title for that. You just it's just about a cat that is so into catnip <laughs> that he routinely or she walks out on ledges or something mm. like that. That's that. You know, you got that one. Well, you know what? I got to be honest. I did overlook the fact that he produced Airbud. So maybe this is part of the Airbud Empire, and I can well, go fuck myself. Well, of course it's part of the Airbud Empire. I mean, it's like it's Air like the production logo at the beginning is literally Airbud nosing the basketball into the hoop, followed by the words Airbud Entertainment. I mean, <laughs> like, the, it, wait, are you calling me out for not paying attention to the movie? Well, Landon, there's one production company logo. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Oops. it also says on the poster at the top, Airbud Entertainment presents. Uh, okay. I'm. I don't have a rebuttal to that. You you don't have a repuple to that. Uh, oh, probably or a rebuttal for that matter. Um. So we've got the writer, we've got the director. Two yeah. two two great men teamed up to create um the sequel to the movie about the monkey who plays hockey. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, do you have anything else uh, uh, that you want to touch on before we get into this thing? Because uh, I have so many questions. It, it's so many, it's so many questions. It's a rich text that uh, I think rewards <laughs> careful examination. So yeah. So I, let's get like my first my first and biggest point is one that we will address immediately in the movie. So let's get into it. Oh wait wait wait. We should probably address why we're doing this. Uh, oh. Richard Karn is in it. <laughs> And, and oh. <laughs> twenty four minutes in, we are getting to our we are getting to our thesis statement. Here, here's uh, the interesting thing. This is the first Richard Karn movie we've done. Oh my god, is it? Ri- I guess you're right, and that's insane that it's taken yeah. us this long. I guess I just, agree with you, especially it, after seeing this. Yeah, I know seeing this where Richard Karn is absolutely mvp and I, maybe you're not surprised to hear us say this it is basically our entire podcast is us saying this but <laughs> there, he, there is one moment in this movie and i'll bring it up when it comes up uh that makes this movie worth watching i i you know what landon i'm i i think i might know what the moment is and i'm gonna place a little side bet with myself to see if i'm right uh but i don't want to give right. anything away for the audience um <laughs> write it down put it in an envelope and then open it up uh on camera after i say it yeah send it off in a letter to yourself uh so richard Carnes' presence elevates this movie <laughs> in so many ways and also despite his haircut this despite his haircut and despite the fact, no, you know, we can't go too much into Richard Karn. We have to, if we there will be a time to discuss that. If we start okay, on Karn right, right, now, right. the carnage will will be too much. 
Um, okay, well, you said you had a, 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 a place to start. Um, I also do, but let's go with yours. I just want to say that, the, you know, this movie starts out, and within three minutes... If you, if you start this movie as we did, having not seen the first MVP, and in my case, Landon said, hey, let's do this movie... I I kind of like like glanced very I just googled it didn't even see a poster and was like okay chimpanzee Richard Carnes sports movie great cool throw it on Tubi this morning before we record I I hadn't really processed that there was a first movie so the fact that within the first three minutes of this movie a clothes wearing chimp has turned on a TV and seen himself be named the new star player for a professional <laughs> hockey team it was it was like getting like smacked in the face with a brick of gold it was so <laughs> both it was just it was really by, heavy by, a, by a, uh, a hockey commissioner with the voice of ralph the dog what thank you cartoon dog were the exact words that i used the hockey commissioner who comes on the tv at a conference to say our our new player is jack like it's the everything about the scene you you, you go it's like if you stand up too fast or something, but it's like that for an extended period yes. of time, just getting a head and rush it's, from... It, it's, again, I mean, I, I knew there was a previous movie, but I still had no idea what to expect because the poster of this is him skateboarding, not yes. him playing hockey. And so uh, the first three minutes of this is basically a silent film. Like yes, the, the voice of the commissioner on TV is like the first voice you hear, and so just watching chimps go around this like I I don't is it a, a I don't know a it, preserve or what it's, do you it's call a it? front uh, yard it's a front yard in in exurban yeah, Canada I mean, uh, uh, what do you, what what's the word I'm looking for um a nature preserve a, a nature wildlife preserve, preserve. yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever uh, a sanctuary for for chimps and there's just like chimps playing hockey in the front yard like it's, field hockey ch- chimps <laughs> chimps wearing clothes the first shot yeah. of this movie it is like it is a a overhead shot which then cranes down i'm not going to describe every shot like this but this is important for the first thing the audience sees there are like three chimps sitting on a grassy expanse you know, looking like chimps doing normal chimp stuff. And then in a tree next to them are two chimps wearing clothes, dressed up in human <laughs> clothes. And so I, I suppose this there's something that, that is explained in the first movie about this. But right here, it's just suggesting there are two very different types well, of chimps in this world. And we only seem to be supposed, like, there are there are clothes-wearing chimps who play sports and watch television because because that is what that is what these two chimps do in the first three minutes. And then there are other chimps who just sit around being chimps, and it's like, wait, is there a different evolution going on? Are they? This is this is great. This is the, the this is the first of the many um, uh, guesses of as to what the first movie is about. So are you are you suggesting that? The first movie is kind of, for lack of a better term, the missing link of the uh, Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> I y- yes, that's my first theory because like, just it, like some sort of mutation and then these uh, push them I, toward like lazing around the house and wearing hockey jersey. That's <laughs> like I mean, is Kevin Smith in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, what 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 made these 
these chimps, but not the other chimps, look at a couple of, of Canadian hosers sitting around in, in cargo <laughs> pants watching hockey in a mobile home and think, you know what? No, this is what we wanted. This this speaks to us. And they start dressing as people and sitting around a mobile home watching hockey. But the other chimps are like, you guys are nuts. Like, that's got to be a social conflict right there within the, the you know, tribe or whatever. <laughs> um but you know what i'm sorry but no no but you know what's beautiful though and why i think that the first movie probably was was like profound enough to get a sequel is that uh at no point does it seem like the chimps who have not chosen to mimic human customs at no point are they judging uh at no point are they judging jack and uh his brother louis like they they're never they they're always loving and supportive. They coexist yeah. peacefully. We're get, hey, we don't get why they're doing this, but we're going to let them do their thing and oh, they're they're playing in the hockey game. Well, we're all going to put on these jerseys they sent and watch on the human box. Like, I don't know. So that's beautiful. Like that that story of of coming around and accepting the differences of their right. chimpanzee brethren. I think a beautiful film in MVP1. <laughs> and they they even participate later in the film. Yes, exactly, exactly. They, they, there is, a, there is a certain lack of awareness though of them when they, when they're wearing the hockey jerseys later on, that <laughs> that Jack and and Louis seem to have, which leads credence to me for your theory here. And also for for me to just speak also about the shock of this movie, I knew that it was a chimpanzee sports movie with Richard Karn in it. And I didn't really, I think maybe I, I glanced at the synopsis and saw the word hockey and stopped reading and thought, okay, hockey playing chimp movie. Um, the <laughs> fact that this movie is about hockey for half an hour and then takes a hard left turn into skateboarding, I also didn't, I just had no preparation. I hadn't even really looked at the poster until after I saw the movie. <laughs> Apparently the first one's about hockey. I, well, the second one kind of is about hockey. They were like, let's it's, keep it hockey. It is also about add, hockey, yes. Let's add something else. Let's add a totally non-transferable <laughs> sport. One's hockey skills would really not contribute to their skateboarding skills at all. Well, I mean, I, I like this idea that there's some sort of mutant gene going on because it, it makes sense as to why they're so good at literally everything they touch. But yeah. um, uh, here's my first note. Yes. As we go through this silent movie... Uh, where the chimps are just going around about the property, doing whatever they want to, turning on a TV and watching, <laughs> watching the uh, uh, draft picks for the what's called the oh. ZHL. The ZHL also they also before even turning on the TV, they get the mail and read a magazine, suggesting that these they, these chimps can they read. practice shooting uh, uh, slap shots. Yes, <laughs> as yes. well in full hockey gear. Why are they on? A game preserve, then. These, these, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps type, but like, clearly these two, like, go rent an apartment, pay taxes, you freeloaders. Why are you in a game preserve <laughs> acting like humans? Um, okay, so we get a few glimpses of humans. Like, there's a male person that delivers the mail. There's uh the, the person that is taking, you know, the caretaker of the sanctuary. She's a female um, person, yeah. They turn on the TV. Well, she's introduced through a wide shot. So when I get to my note here, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah. But um, they turn on the TV, and there's the two sports announcers, and then there's the hockey commissioner, and then he uh, they quickly cut away to a, a figure skater um, for mm-hmm. a shot on the. And 
my in my mind, I'm going, okay, this movie stars Richard Karn. Which of these? Because <laughs> they, they never introduce any of the characters in a close up, and I'm like, okay, which 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 one of these is gonna be Richard? Is Richard Karn gonna be the coach of the hockey team? Is he gonna be one of the players? Is he a figure skater? It just was blowing my mind every two seconds to find out that the person, the one human character, is not Richard Karn. I, I so it's just a series of disappointments, one after another after another. You're presented with with increasingly enticing possibilities that Richard Karn totally could have played. He could have been out there figure skating. He could have been a Polish guy who loves hot dogs. You know, he could have been the team manager. He's a Canadian. He could have been the evil team manager. Yeah, yeah, he could have been any of those things. And surprisingly, um, what he ends up being is nothing I would have predicted. <laughs> Yes, the word skateboarding enthusiast did not ever really come to mind when I th- when I thought of how Richard Karn could be in this movie. Because I also about you know like this movie this movie if you're watching it because Richard Karn is in it the way we do this movie makes you wait for it. Like I it I was I, at some point before he finally showed up, I kind of I forgot for a while that Richard Karn was in the movie, and that's why we were watching it. And then I realized like wait shit. This is a Richard Karn movie. I'm watching it for the podcast, not as some kind of, you know, punishment. Well, and so, and then I'm thinking like, wait, have I been seeing Richard Karn the whole time? Was Richard Karn one of the managers and he's just like really in, like really going method and acting completely different and looking different? Um, th- this movie keeps you so off balance that you start to doubt your own reality. It's, I, I know we say that about most of the movies we cover, but there's something specific about this one that just really keeps you untethered. Um, and also, but that being said, though, I just want to I want to shout shout that out to the movie. I respect a movie that starts on page one. This movie promises you a <laughs> monkey true. playing sports, and goddamn it, you get that really quick. There's no fucking <laughs> around with like, oh, let's recap the last movie. Oh, let's you know, no, no, none of that. Just just give us the good stuff right away. Well, okay, so before we start skipping around, there's one thing I want to really establish um, before we move forward, which yes. is, what is the relationship between Jack and Louie, and let's talk a little bit about their personality differences. Yes. Okay, so Jack and Louie. Louie, smaller than Jack. Jack clearly seems to be caring for Louie in some way. There are lots of hugs between them. Jack is clearly the older one and in sort of a mentorship role to Louie. I assumed for this entire movie that Louie is Jack's son and that either As did one, I. either and either mom is one of the other chimps who have who do not wear clothes and, and I'm not going to think about what that that whole situation is like on a social level or or that you know, the mom is dead, but either way, uh, there, Louis... there was a big Disney moment in the first, <laughs> first movie, a big Bambi's mom moment. <laughs> yes. A big, a big Bambi's mom movement moment, but also before that, a lady in the tramp meat cute where like, they're both eating the same banana and their lips touch. <laughs> uh, so, but, but then the movie tells us very late in the movie, like kind of honestly, the biggest, plot twist and revelation for me is at the end when one of the when when Jack and Louie are reunited in the locker room and the guy um, you know one of the other players says oh Jack this is your little brother Louie isn't it and I missed that 
Landon, you, you've missed a lot of key points. Okay, I think that it starting with a literal graphic that says Airbud Entertainment is still a bigger thing to miss than one of one of many kind of throwaway ADR-ish lines in this movie, which which we will talk about in time. But um so look, I I, I so they say that and I but I I'm profoundly disappointed by it. I think it's bullshit. I much prefer that my headcanon is that Louis is Jack's son. Because I think that that makes this whole movie a lot more interesting and also darker. Yeah. Um, and also... <laughs> and that, that was that was my point from the get-go was like, as soon as Jack sees on TV, doesn't even get a phone call. He, he learns, like, heaven forbid he wasn't watching at that moment. Yeah. Uh, learns that he's going to go be a player for the Simeons, uh, a professional hockey player. He's just like, well, okay, <laughs> I got to go live my life. Sorry, son. <laughs> I hope you can fend for yourself. Here's a hockey stick. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, now I'm of, I'm of two minds on that. One, I I agree it's kind of it's kind of shoddy parenting to leave your kid and and you know go very far away to pursue uh, an exciting sports opportunity. But on the other hand, that is the plot of the show Ted Lasso, which I like quite a lot. So that's one. Um the the other thing is that also I, I mean, I agree it's kind of kind of bad but also they do live on like a game preserve with a lady who seems to have no job except taking care of them so i guess maybe since he knew that child care was sorted out it was okay i i, I don't know i'm i, I don't want to <laughs> well, uh, yeah it's better than most child care situations in this country that's for sure i mean honestly we should all th- this is probably because the movie was shot in canada even though it's set in in seattle like you know it's that it's that good canadian chimp care that they have um <laughs> Yeah, but I and I mean also I choose to believe that that uh uh Louis or Louis is Jack's son because we, like we know that that Jack fucks. I mean it's clear. And the movie tries to sanitize him by oh it's your little brother, but you I mean he's, you know, he's a I mean he's a this, successful hockey player in the big city. You know there's some scenes they're not putting in there. This this movie is from 2001 and he is wearing Hawaiian shirts every scene. So yeah. uh, when he's not wearing a hockey jersey, clearly yes. uh, he's at the top of his game. He's he's out playing poker with the boys, drinking beers. Excuse me, go fish. He's playing go fish, sure, but he's drinking, drinking beer. Drinking milkshakes. No, 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 no. This is where you... Okay, so... so uh, you know, Jack has has found out that he's been drafted. He goes to the big city. He meets the eccentric various people on the uh, the uh, Seattle Simeons and uh, starts, you know, winning a lot. There's a lot of montages of him winning and scoring goals. So and the much team winning, doing well. so much posing, <laughs> so much, so much winning, folks. That I actually did get tired of winning. Uh, I I was <laughs> I I love a good montage, but there are so many montages of of a puck going into a goal and then a shot of Jack in a hockey jersey sitting on the ice pumping his hockey stick over his head. I I I get it. He's 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 good at hockey. You don't need to sell this anymore. But so much. He's but he's he's won a whole bunch but there is there is a scene where one of his teammates who has been upstaged, you know, by this winning streak from a chimpanzee, he's upset about it. He's at a diner and he's got like six empty milkshake uh, glasses next to him and he orders another one. He's he's drowning his sorrows in chocolate milkshakes. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so all right, this is this is a kids movie. We're kind of winking at it like, oh, shucks, right, I'm going right. to have a milkshake. Very next scene after this is Jack playing 
uh, go fish betting, it seems like, against three other players at the uh, hockey rink after dark. They have glasses on the table full of a fizzy amber-colored liquid, no indicator that it's ginger ale. Like, the the scene suggests back-to-back that the star player on the team drinks milkshakes when he's sad, and that when he's kicking back, Jack drinks beer. He drinks beer with the guys. <laughs> um, I, uh, since this is playing on Tubi in the background, I, I don't have the ability to to go back and forth as as freewheeling as I usually can but I'll keep an eye out for that when we get to that scene. I mean I I mean it's it you know it, well keep keep an eye out for that keep an eye out for the Airbud production logo there's a lot to see. Um okay. what 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 else what else have you got? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Well, I just wanted to establish well and we didn't talk a little bit about the difference between their personalities. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, there's Jack and then Louie just seems like this is another reason why I thought it was his child is because he just seems like a hyper annoying little brat Mm -hmm. Uh, when they're watching TV and Jack learns that he's going to be on in the ZHL Jack's like okay cool yeah I could dig that I'm into that (laughs) and Louis is like oh my god You're, you're really you're really criticizing a monkey for being uh too too kind of uh uh hyperactive. No, I Well no no, I no mean, I'm not criticizing, I'm just delineating their personality types. Okay, that is very true. He has he I I think maybe if either of us had had a little brother, maybe we would maybe we would relate more to that like, "Oh my god, dude, yeah. just just it's chill. I'm I'm the first chimpanzee ever to play major league hockey. Don't make a big deal of it. Your little brother's freaking out and throwing popcorn all over the place. <laughs> um let's okay, where do where do we go from here? Uh you Oh god, I don't even know. We go to the big city. Know. Um the big city. Let me ask you this and this will be a good palate cleanser before we dive into something else. Um yes. If you had to be an actor in this movie, what part would you want? Um, off the top of my head, I'm gonna say the cop. I feel like that would be. <laughs> I feel like I could have some fun with that role. Yeah. Uh, also, the I don't cop think he does, ever does he interact with the with Jack at any point? I don't think he does. He, at the at the end, he leads him away to give him a police escort back to the hockey stadium. But uh, like the right, way that right, it's right. shot, he has he has good distance. And also if I was playing the cop, I would have a nightstick on my belt. So if the, if things got out of hand with the chimp, I would have like a weapon at least. That's part of my thinking. Um, who would, who would I, you would, pick? I would 100% request to be shot in split screen where I'm walking down with no chimp and the chimp walks down with his trainer and they just merge the two scenes together. I, I would 100% request to be shot if the monkey attacked me. I would basically be like, <laughs> if the trainer's there with the gun, I'd be like, don't don't try to aim, just start shooting. If I die, I die. I would rather die by a bullet than by getting my face ripped off and continue to oh live. Uh, anyway, comedy podcast yeah. about animal attacks. Uh, so the the actor, <laughs> would you or the character, yeah, I have a very specific one. Which is, I would be the guy that greets Jack when he gets off the bus uh, to take him to go see the, the commissioner. <laughs> Just this guy standing. No other people. This bus apparently only exists <laughs> to take Jack from the country to the city. There's no yes. one else on the bus. Yes. No one else is waiting for anyone else to get off the bus. The bus pulls into this really shady alleyway looking back of the building area. And there's just a guy holding a sign that says Jack. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, no, no one else there, and it's it also the bus has gone straight to the locker room of the hockey stadium. This seemingly greyhound bus. <laughs> um, okay, no, but I think that's I, I think that is that is a character who I think you could bring a lot to, because also the guy introduces himself, and I'm like, great, this is a character who's going to be around for a bunch of the movie. It's going to be about this this monkey making friends with the with the hockey team and and you know is this going to be a good guy or a bad guy is he going to usurp his boss in the end I don't know but this is the boss's assistant he's going to be in the movie nope gone nope only scene that's it that's partly why I would want to be that actor it's just like oh god okay I you know when it's all said and done I could say I had one scene with the monkey and uh, we're done there's but. <laughs> That scene in particular is very telling to me because the the amount of shots that they do, he's holding the sign, he bends down to introduce himself to Jack, and then there's a close-up sh- shot of him like reaching out to grab Jack's hand to, to help him inside, and then it's just like very quickly cut around, back to the wide shot, back to a close-up, and they're not holding hands, and like... It felt like a moment where someone someone's fingers probably got nipped at, and <laughs> they had to cut around to make it work. You know, you know the edit. I feel like the amount of editing that has to be done on a movie like this, just like the editor usually does a lot of important work on a movie uh, in terms of constructing it, but especially an animal movie where you have to be very careful about trying to make it look like people are having interactions with this animal that maybe is not there most of the time for their own safety. Yes. Um, So, okay, let's talk a little bit about the hockey team. Do you want to go there? I do. I do want to go there. Um, uh, the I mentioned a, a figure skater before. Apparently, it's another draft, uh, a draft pick with Jack. So there's a yeah. figure skater on the team, and his big move is he pirouettes. Yes, <laughs> and uh, which is very uh, helpful, I guess, in hockey. Does a, does a slap shot and usually goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a uh, Poirier, P O I R E R, who is supposed to be the hot shot you know good looking lead of the team but as soon as jack jack's on the team he starts doing very poorly and uh starts to become the butt of the jokes yep yep uh a a star member of the team having to deal with his uh waning abilities and uh waning popularity with the fans also a thing on ted lasso i'm starting to think it might be ripping <laughs> off this movie <laughs> now I'm gonna okay. There's more we got more players we got to introduce, but I I just want to say right out the gate, I am a hundred percent on team uh, Poirier in this movie. Yes, like yes, a chimp should not be on a hockey team. Yes, and I would also be thrown off my game if there was a chimp suddenly introduced to my team, and uh, if children came up to me in a diner and said, "Hey, can you get me an autograph of a chimp?" I would be like, also fuck off. Yes, go away. Yeah. On on some level, it is kind of a horror film with Poirier as the protagonist because he's he's the only person in this movie who at any point says, "Excuse me, it's ridiculous that you have chosen a chimpanzee to play on a hockey team. This is not a normal thing to do. There are a lot of good reasons why we shouldn't be doing this." Every it's other level reasonable. of society, people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it." He, so it's like he is the one person who is kind of an audience surrogate in this movie. <laughs> Uh yeah uh for well, a minute at least I guess, for a podcast surrogate let's put it that way yes he's the voice of reason in a reasonless movie yes exactly Some, something you can hold on to 
just yeah. a milkshake love and rock. Um, yeah, so there's also there's the the trade from from Poland or whatever or Sweden. The guy who who speaks in a lot of like kind of Swedish chef gibberish half the time and eats hot dogs. And I have to pause here. Uh, you, I you, it's offensive to Scandinavian people. I could not agree more, Landon. Thank you very much. <laughs> I his name is Olaf uh, Schicken Schick Schickdans Schickidans. Mm. Yeah, Schickidans. Uh, yeah, I had an existential moment <laughs> watching this where Th- I'm that like, does happen to you a lot but go on it does i know uh i was watching it and i initially i paused and i'm like what else, what else do i know him from and i looked him up on imdb and then i like i i had a five minute like pause from this movie while i went holy shit uh yeah this actor is ian bag he is a stand-up comedian who was on Last Comic Standing, um, but was really big when I was doing stand-up. And I had done a number of shows with him. Not not with him, but we were on slated on the same shows. And he, hands down, the best crowd work comedian I have ever seen. Really? Yeah. Was he, like, was he, was he doing bits about, uh, like, if someone was heckling him, would he just say, hey, I worked with a monkey, and that monkey was <laughs> way funnier than you? <laughs> that is my uh, definition of top-notch crowd work. Yeah, well, I mean, he could have shut down anyone with that, but, uh, I mean, there were no hecklers, because he, he didn't even have any material. He would just go out. His material was talking to the audience. Oh, my God. Uh, Je- and it was one of the most fearless things I've ever seen and ended up always, I saw him multiple times, was uh, one of the funniest. I I mean, I can't, uh, I cannot imagine how terrified I would be to be in the audience at one of those shows for fear that I would get crowd work done on me. That's honestly one of the things that keeps me away from stand-up comedy is the is the fear of getting crowd work because it, it can be it can be hilarious when it's happening to someone else and awful when you are in the target of it. Yes. But so, um, so so anyway, there, that's yeah. that's our our and the voiceover. There's like they do um, oh, God. so many eighty yard lines for him that I I had a hard time even understanding what the fuck was. Ha- I just thought it was a Canadian thing until you said it in this podcast. I didn't even realize that it was like that he was imported. Is that <laughs> is that is that how you say that? Imported? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I I, I think <laughs> you could say that. Someone gets imported to the U. To Canada, right? Yeah, when you're talking about someone coming from a from a Scandinavian country, I think generally imported is okay. Depend, I would just check your usage. It's very contextual. Okay. Um, yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, a foreign trade, or uh, yeah, I don't know. You're you're asking me about sports terminology. You're barking up the the wrong Canadian tree. Um, yeah. Well, so there's. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe there's other players on the team. I don't really remember. You talked the about eighty yard lines. The, wait, the but what yeah, guy? Talk about the ADR lines. There's the punk the, guy. Oh, there is a punk guy. Yeah, and there's a bunch of punk fans, too. There's a weird punk yeah. adjacency to this movie. There, and There is so much... I want to earmark that because I have a comment about that later, but go ahead. Okay. There is so much great ADR content in this, and by ADR, for those of you who aren't slash weren't in the biz, uh, it's, you know, uh, I don't even know what ADR stands for, but it's when somebody records some dialogue and they overlay it in to a scene after the fact, usually of some off-screen person in the crowd shouting something or reacting to the fact that a monkey is playing hockey. And there are so many... <laughs> 
moment, like I've I've read or I've I've heard I've heard like Patton Oswalt talk about being a, a you know him and other comedians getting called in to write little lines like this for animated movies or or, or big mm-hmm. films and like you know it's the sort of thing where you hear these lines and you just think about people sitting around a room all day uh coming up with things that people in a crowd at a hockey game can be yelling to register their discontent so you get you hear just like there'll be shots of people playing hockey or like you know crowds milling around and you'll just hear overlaid things like bring back the Zamboni driver or uh or then when when Jack is first walking out on the ice you hear some someone yell off screen hey your new player needs a shave and the coach is on the phone at one point coach what are you yeah. doing ordering fries and then uh then, these are all lines from the movie these are all lines from the movie Jack is walking out on the ice is that a monkey and then finally i think the best one is that as he's getting ready to start playing someone heckling him just yells hey paint the puck yellow we'll think it's a banana <laughs> i caught that one yeah that that is i i i the person sitting in the room coming up with heckling lines that they can loop into the movie after the fact whoever came up with with the puck yellow line i i owe him or her a drink that is that is really good <laughs> <laughs> I, but this brings up a question for me. Uh, round two of guessing what the fuck happened in the first movie. Okay. If if audiences aren't already, the, the hockey audiences aren't already aware of Jack's prowess, what the, f- like, how is he picked for the team? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. what was the whole first movie about? I would, I assumed it was his rise to fame uh, in, in like the minor league hockey team. And that this one starts with like, well, you're going to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. It, this, it sort of is the same conundrum of teen wolf too, where that movie kind of starts off and nobody's talking about the fact that a werewolf played basketball and won in the, pre- like that would be like <laughs> the biggest news and it would change the world. Same here. A hockey playing chimpanzee exists in the world and made enough of a name for himself to get drafted for a major team, but no one has heard of it, even among these hockey fans who passionately follow the goings on of the of the uh, Seattle Simeons. <laughs> so my question stands: What the fuck happened in the first movie? Maybe it was a Men in Black situation where Tommy Lee Jones did a flashy light <laughs> at at everybody after the game, like. So all the ZFL people didn't get flashy lighted, so they remember how good the monkey is. But Wait, but the it, fans did. Is Jack and his brethren are they are they aliens? Is that why I, they're so good at things? I listen. So so at first there was there was Jack and Louie and the other three chimps, and they were all just like naked chimps picking grubs or whatever. Then Obelisk shows up. Only Jack and Louie go and interact with the obelisk. They throw the bone up into the sky. The other ones are like, no, we're good over here. So The bone, the bone rotates in the sky and then slowly and instantly becomes a hockey stick. <laughs> no, it becomes a skateboard underneath the, uh, the feet of a streetwise orphan doing a kickflip. Oh my god, we haven't even gotten to what this movie's about yet. Yes, I know. The, the long... This movie both starts on page one... But then also spends 30 minutes dawdling for no goddamn reason before it gets to what it actually wants to be about. I would argue this movie has two page ones. Yes. (laughs) That that are that are a movie that starts on page one and a movie that also starts at the beginning of the second act of the movie. It's it's a difficult, uh, difficult to check both of those boxes. (laughs) Um, 
All right. What else do we got to talk about this hockey team, or should we get to the incident? Uh, you know, the the scandal. Should we get the, to the moment? The, 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 yes, the the incident. Um, I mean, basically, uh, the team has not been doing well, but then the addition of Jack uh, makes them be doing very well. Big winning streak. Yeah. They're lined up for the championship. This is much to the uh, much to the uh, chagrin of their rivals, the L.A. Carjackers, top notch. Yeah name for a hockey team very 90s screenwriter <laughs> joke about la to write um but then uh to and sabotage we, well, yeah. before we get too far we should also mention that as as quickly as uh poyer uh falls out of love with jack being on the team he finds a photo of jack and louis and goes jack is this your family and suddenly they're best buds so he says, th- that happens in the course of like five and a half minutes. He he like he says, I never thought about a chimp having a family before. And this makes him warm up to, to Jack. And I'm like, have, really? Have you never like, I mean, mutual of Omaha Wild King, like the like one of the one of the things that I feel like is pretty commonly put out there about about chimps and monkeys and their natural habitat is like pictures of like baby chimps being cradled by their mothers and like, oh, look, they're just like us. Like. You, you didn't you missed all of that i guess i'm right i'm not trying i mean listen uh, po- poyer is my boy he's the protagonist of the movie i'm not trying to burn him for his lack of of monkey knowledge but i don't know just be more you know be more open-minded um oh my god i have a i have a question coming up after the scandal uh Great. that i can't wait to ask you so let, let's get into that what what happens uh what 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 becomes of Jack and his uh, star star making turn on the Simeons? Uh, a, a dude squirts ketchup on his hand, and that derails uh, everything. <laughs> that is that 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 destroys this promising young chimpanzee's life. Uh, yeah, so? the, the 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 coach of the uh, L.A. Carjackers is so desperate to get this uh, phenomenal monkey off the ice that he has one of his unscrupulous players collide with uh with Jack and kind of you know wrap themselves up in the net so the refs can't see them and he squirts a bunch of ketchup on his hand and then goes and tells the ref ah the monkey bit me you got to get this monkey out of there and the ref says yeah that's definitely blood the monkey definitely bit him uh, yeah take the monkey out and <laughs> so there's a, so yeah it's so immediately the crowd turns on on Jack and starts booing him Jack goes back to the locker Some room of- the best crowd reactions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm trying to see, I'm trying to look if I wrote down any angry ADR about the, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have it's, any, uh, obviously the crowd work doesn't have any specific dialogue, but there's one guy in particular and I'll, I'll try to do my, my voice noises to, uh, to emulate what he looks like. But, uh, he, he knows what kind of movie he's in. Let's put it that way. And when he gets disappointed at Jack's behavior, biting this guy, he, he just, he has this sense about him. He like, th- it's like Paul Rudd having to pick up the, the food tray in wet, hot American summer energy <laughs> where he's just dragging his feet and, and flopping yeah. his arms around the, this guy. He's probably in his early twenties. is just like, Oh, Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I would I would have an adverse reaction too if I had been excited about having a monkey play hockey and then was 
confronted with the obvious uh, obvious result of something like that happening, I would feel so stupid in that moment that I'd be desperate to, to blame someone else. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's no investigation. Jack is no. just immediately expelled from the league. The, well, there's the, the coach is saying in the press conference, there's going to be a full investigation by the ZHL. I'm not going to make any comment on it. So it, it's... To me, it seems like, yeah, it seems like a wait-and-see situation. You'll just be benched for a couple weeks, and then, like, they'll have a doctor look at him and see that it's ketchup on his hand, and you're sound as a pound. But instead, uh, Jack's reaction to this is to take off his jersey and run out into the streets and go on the lamb. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what his full plan is, and that brings me to my question here, which is... Um... What is his plan? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he starts to run, but he doesn't mean to... to be carried away in a dumpster well he doesn't i guess but also it's like if the monkey was smart enough to get from wherever his farm was to seattle smart enough to play uh cards able to read uh like i would think okay i get out of the dumpster i'm in a different part of seattle i'll look at a street sign or get on a bus or something he seems to not want to be found like the because he goes right, yeah, he goes running into the streets and he climbs into a dumpster to go to to go to sleep for the night. While the rest of the team is out looking for him. I, well, okay. My my question to you though is, you need to lose a chimp in a screenplay, and <laughs> you have no other characters that can guide him there. How to what lose a chimp in ten do? pages? <laughs> yes. How do you accomplish that? And is the answer? have a garbage truck just pick up a dumpster and drive it across town without dumping it into its into uh, its compactor very very yes i very questionable waste management processes in the city of seattle in this the 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 dump truck like just picks it up with the forks and just drives carrying the dumpster in front of it the whole way um I mean, and it just sets it down gently in another alleyway. Like yeah. you just moved it from one alley to another. You're just redistributing trash from one part of the city to the other. It's not taken <laughs> to a dump or anything. It's just let's move it over here now. <laughs> I oh mean, God. I guess that's a pretty elegant way to get rid of a, a a chimp. I mean, I guess the only other option is like him getting conked on the head or kidnapped or something like that. And I guess I kind of respect the movie for not having like not shoehorning like diamond smugglers or something into this movie who kidnap him for <laughs> some some evil purposes. I know I, I'd watch that movie. I I don't know, man. I feel like I have watched that movie. I feel like kind of every. <laughs> I don't need to watch another kid's... I mean, we watched we watched a movie set in Seattle uh, with Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which it's kind true. of had an unnecessary mafia assassination subplot in it. I, I don't... I don't know. I don't need to see another movie set in Seattle where it's like, hey, let's work some violent criminals in here for no real reason. Why not? I don't know. I, I just... just Like, maybe, maybe the concept of a chimpanzee playing two different sports is enough for a movie. Maybe we don't well, need guns and, and that sort of shit going on, too. I think the movie might be playing a trick on you by not actually showing you the violent stuff. Because I have questions about where we're about to go and okay. the Fagin-esque character that we're about to encounter. <laughs> so, so... Uh, Jack is carried to another part of town on the wings of some trash. Uh, and I will also just say, when I saw him sleeping in a dumpster and the dumpster gets picked up by a, a garbage truck while he's inside it, I was like, wait, are we getting into they live territory now? Is this what it's going to be? <laughs> Sadly, no. Um, 
But he climbs out of his dumpster in a new part of town, and then we're introduced to Ben, a skateboarding kid going from to... <laughs> from the village of the damned. Like, what is he from the village of the damned because he's he's got blonde hair and bangs, uh, and the, just the vacant expression of uh, looking directly into your soul with not actually like looking at you while he's looking directly at you. I mean, look, maybe that's maybe that's a characteristic of Ben. I can't really tell because mo- half of this movie is shots of a chimpanzee staring through you through the camera. In <laughs> fact, so any uh-huh. any human eyes with a traditional human understanding of consciousness behind them are a kind of refreshing change for me. Honestly, it's like an oasis well, in a I- desert. <laughs> I didn't get that from Ben at all, but uh, go ahead. Uh, well, well, so he he rides up to this print shop, which is by where uh, by where Jack is hiding in the dumpster, and he is greeted at the door by a man out of time. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it's it this this guy who he talks to who runs the print shop. He he's 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 got like a he's got like a a brown overcoat and a knit sweater and a and a plaid like scarf and he's got like you know scruffy hasn't shaved in a couple days and his face is like dirty. There's like soot and filth on his face. And this is all before he starts to speak. <laughs> This character is. Aren't you, I, 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 gotta, I gotta give you another perspective on it. From an acting perspective, you are hired, and your only job is I want you to open this door and say this line. I, you will never walk out of this door. We will never show what's behind this door. You just have to open it and say a line, and we'll shoot three different lines. Of you doing the same thing, and you're done with the movie. Why don't you tell the good people the choice that this man made for this character who lives in Seattle, Washington? Which which of the myriad of choices are you talking about? I, I'm 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 talking about the choice for him to kind of talk like this, to be like a cockney well, <laughs> sort of. I guess I get I went from I'm going back and forth from the outback, mate. But you get what? Like he's he sounds like an Oliver Twist character. He is like a I mean cockney, he does, he, he's. He's 100% doing Fagin. This is Oliver Muirhead, who is a prolific character actor. 116 credits. I'm surprised you don't remember him from Frasier. Wait. Um, well, I, I, he, is he playing a Cockney FedEx Kinko's <laughs> proprietor on Frasier? Then maybe I'd recognize him. An, an inexplicably sooty-faced guy who runs a copy shop. <laughs> Consider yourself at Tona. <laughs> remember the scene in the piano bar where they all start singing you better pick a bucket or two boy (laughs) anyway this guy's been around in a lot of things i certainly remember him from the 90s uh seems like he was always playing a bellhop or like a concierge somewhere Mm. but he's from uk the uk that's why he has this voice (laughs) i think it's just i mean it's granted he's he's doing a like cockney affectation here but um it's it's just it's because this a boy in like a boy riding a skateboard and wearing a yellow helmet rides up like kicks his board up into his hands knocks on the door and then it's like hello yeah put out more of these posters for me boy get them up by five and i'll give you another three dollars like it's okay it's, so it comes so out of nowhere like everything else in this movie <laughs> 
What else I don't understand? If he runs the printing shop, why wouldn't he be giving out the flyers back to the people who ordered them? And like, it's their responsibility to put them up. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's. It, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe things work differently in Canada. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Canada or like the the north north side of London or whatever whatever pocket <laughs> universe that this kid has fallen into on his magical skateboard. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, this is a world where people kind of just take for granted that a chimpanzee is playing hockey. I guess this is also a world where people drop off uh, a thing that they want to have 5,000 copies made of and then also trust that the owner of the print shop will have a local street urchin go out and put them up all over town. Like, that might just be how this world works. The first movie might have been about this. (laughs) Do you think think it was... Do you think Jack was paired with a different orphan in the first movie? Yeah, I think, honestly, I do. I think it's kind of like the greatest American hero or something. Like, every movie is just him going around and helping different orphans achieve their best through sports. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, I, I don't even know where to go. Let's Okay, we're at the Richard Karn part. Let's, let's introduce Richard Karn. Okay, well, so, we, you know, Ben is going around putting up these flyers, which I should add are wanted posters for uh for jack that have that the police have dropped off and asked him to put up because i guess now the cops are looking for him um but so as as we are five thousand dollar reward is pretty well i guess i don't know if you if you have what i mean outside of the the reality of the distorted reality of this world you have a biting monkey on the loose i guess five thousand dollars for the public safety is a small cost to pay yeah that is true but then you've got a biting monkey on the loose wrangling if i'm asked to wrangle a biting monkey and bring it to a police station like five thousand dollars you might get parts of your body bitten off trying to collect on that. Like $5,000 seems like kind of, that's not going to cover your hospital bills, depending on how the takedown goes. Why are they crowdsourcing this? Why wouldn't they just call animal control? Exactly. This is, this is the thing, man. It all comes back to what are the police actually doing? Um, so, but, but so we are following Ben around now, Ben, the boy, as he's, uh, you know, putting up these wanted flyers. And then we, uh, Cut to what seems to be a skateboard shop uh, operated by Richard Karn, uh, where uh, a woman knocks on the door, and she's holding a stack of flyers as well, and Richard Karn comes to the door, and these flyers have Ben's face on them, Ben the boy, and she explains that, oh, he's an orphan who ran away from his foster home, and we're looking for him. So... this I want to take a second to just slow jam... Richard Karn's introduction here. Yes. The the social worker comes up, knocks on the door, says, hello, I'm from the state social services. Uh, and just off screen, we hear Richard Karn say, I don't have any kids. Hell yeah. <laughs> we respect this child-free king. I, I love it. And he is a skateboard store owner. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Ollie Plant. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love some wordplay, don't we, folks? Oh, the shop is called Ollie's. My God. It is interesting over the course of this movie, we see uh, we see Ben skateboard a lot. We see Jack skateboard a lot. You see a chimpanzee ride a skateboard. We do not see Richard oh. Karn, who owns a skate shop, ever skateboard oh. in this movie. It's kind of like how in The Big Lebowski you never see the dude bowl. It's like... It's central to his personality, <laughs> but we never actually see him do it. But just him, he embodies the lifestyle so well. I, 
it's, there's a very robust backstory that Richard Carn wrote for this character. Uh, in which he was a pro skater, but through some sort of freak accident, no longer can skate. So he decided to open up a shop and pass forth all of the joy and skills and opportunities to the youth. Because there's no one under or over 10 years old who shops in his store. No, no. Well, no, there's a dad in there at one point, I think, who pays for his kids' his kids board. Oh, I, that's right, yeah. I, I'm not here to argue semantics of who shops at Ollie's uh, store, though. Um, I also, in the very first scene that we get, in his kind of first reaction when we first see him, you know, he's there, he's kind of looking schlubby, and he's, like, drinking some coffee, and he's like, I don't have kids! And I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be awesome, we're gonna get mean Karn, and he's gonna have his heart transformed <laughs> by the orphan and the, and the monkey? This is gonna be a great movie, I'm glad that we finally got to this movie half an hour in. And, you know, I thought he's gonna be like Coach Bombay, and Mighty Ducks. Like, I don't like kids. But um, un- unfortunately, he almost immediately turns out to be just a super nice guy, just a chill-ass cool dude who keeps being cool and gets cooler and cooler throughout the movie. Um, so <laughs> Agreed, and we are in agreement. Like, th- this could have gone into danger zone, like I'm hanging out with kids too much uh, territory, but for some reason, when Richard Carnes doing it, like, I have full trust and faith. There's not even a question in my mind that anything wonky is going on. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, you know, he he's not the one in bed with Ben later. It's the monkey. Like that's You're not right, that's right. not even on our radar of things to be concerned about. Although you did just put in my head Richard Carn as Bombay, and I would <sighs> give anything to see the Mighty Ducks starring Richard Carn, if for no other reason than I could just see him go quack quack quack. Him, him going up to the kids in Mighty Ducks, like the way he goes up to Morgan Fairchild and going, ducks fly together, and just pushing him over because he's so oh so enthusiastic God. about it. <laughs> yes. I couldn't remember the the uh, Bombay's uh, boss's name, but when oh. he is getting in his boss's face saying, quack, 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 Mr. Quack. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Uh, I don't know. I want to say Quackenbush, but it wouldn't be that because he's just saying <laughs> quack. <laughs> You know, you know, animals in movies, people making animal noises in movies. It's difficult. Um, So I so I I also should just point out, though, I want to slow jam the story beats that we're at. We have spent 30 minutes setting up the fact that, oh, okay, Jack is now on the run and people are putting up wanted posters looking for him we meet the kid putting up the wanted posters we then switch to a completely new character and have him receive a wanted poster for the character we just met and at this point i'm thinking like wait is the rest of the movie just going to be us meeting people and then seeing other people getting handed wanted posters of them and it's just like is everyone in this movie just searching for everybody else i I think so uh i mean it's kind of like uh richard linklater's slacker we just follow one character from a scene and then a different character into another scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, eventually, though, uh, kind of like the movie Magnolia, all these different stories collide. Um, but should we should we talk about the moment when Ben and Jack bond? Yes. Uh, so so I guess Jack has just sort of been following Ben around as he skateboards and Jack eventually comes to the place where, uh, yeah, Jack gets to where Ben has been sleeping, which is an abandoned pool with uh, a, a little lifeguard shack where uh, uh, Ben is sleeping. And uh, uh, Jack goes and climbs up into lifeguard chair to sleep for the night. And we see uh, Ben come home 
to his little uh, homeless orphan pad in the uh, lifeguard shack. Landon, how do you feel about Ben's setup? I mean, Oliver would be jealous, I'll say that much. Child homelessness looks dope as fuck. He's got electricity. (laughs) He's got a fridge. There's not an ounce of grime anywhere. Uh, He seems to have a shower and a washing machine somewhere. Uh, (laughs) Plenty of food. All All of the two liters of cola you can drink. Okay, this really, there are a number of moments here. I do not feel good. A, I just don't feel good about seeing chimps in clothes. Like, yeah, uh, Jack is wearing shoes this entire time. He had to climb down a fire escape, and like they use their feet to hang and and hold on to things. And like, I'm, I'm sure he is not used to going having the dexterity taken away from not having his feet mm-hmm. because he has shoes on. I yeah. don't feel good about that. Yeah. I feel worse about giving a chimp a bottle of sugar water, uh, especially. <laughs> When it could make it hyper uh, while acting with my child star. Uh, you know, I my only hope is that that is water with brown food coloring in it. Uh, I'm, again, giving the benefit of the doubt because I have no reason to not believe that. But they meet up, basically. Like, the, the following morning, uh, uh, Ben comes out to do some skateboarding in the empty pool and then sees Jack. And Jack starts eating his donut that he has left out, not the banana, interestingly enough. And then almost immediately, before they even say any words to each other, they just kind of look at each other for a long time. And then just instantly Ben starts teaching uh, Jack how to skateboard. Just They kinda... bond over that moment where they're eating because, I, and I think this is the only logic I can apply to it, is they see a kindred spirit in like, oh, Ben is looking at him and going, this is another creature that eats a banana as weird as I do. Because <laughs> I don't know if you saw the way. I've never seen a person. He, like, puts the banana to his lips and just kind of, like, uses his tongue to get just a, a little sliver of the banana off and into his mouth. It, it's a very... This is the human boy doing this. Yeah, this is this has been the boy doing it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I almost, I almost wish that he was... I don't know, there'd be some sort of bonding moment over that, like not not like what I posited was in the first movie where they are eating the banana from both sides and kiss, but where something like <laughs> where where like Jack goes and is like, no, 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 this is not, here's how you eat a banana, and then he eats it a normal way. Another right, thing, right. Uh, again, I, I, I would love to s- I, I make a movie about a monkey being really good at eating bananas and teaching humans how to do that, fine. I don't take offense to that. They are probably better at it than me. <laughs> ben... Starts to teach Jack how to skateboard. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, this feels like the best time to bring in this bit of amazing trivia. Um, there are shots of Jack the chimp, uh, Bernie is the actual chimp's name. Yes, yeah. Uh, on ice skates, ice yeah. skating, and mm-hmm. on a skateboard, skateboarding. Yes. But the more, like, <laughs> the shot where the... Uh, defensive line from the carjackers like tackles jack into the net oh yeah uh which you see pretty aggressively yeah uh, shots like that and some of the more um advanced skateboarding of jack were done by none other than Wee man from jackass oh nice i figured it was a little person in a suit i just didn't know it was a famous little person um okay okay i think pretty cool that he knows how to skateboard both the both the chimp and wee man 
again, I don't feel good about having the chimp do this, but you know, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I know what was going on on set. But I look, I feel bad simply because I can't ice skate and I can't skateboard and. You know what? Honestly, guys, I know my main line on this is that we shouldn't be making movies that suggest that that a chimpanzee is better at human stuff than humans. But I got to admit, we have actual documented evidence that this (laughs) chimpanzee is better at ice skating and and skateboarding than me. So maybe I need to examine my own shit, actually, before I try to judge this movie. (laughs) Shit. Oh, my God. Don't do not do do not let this chimpanzee near a biography of the artist Caravaggio and a copy of uh, Final Draft uh, because if this if this monkey writes a better script than me then I'm out I'm done oh my god um you know what they say about a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters I, I mean I mean that's 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 all the works of William Shakespeare I am a way, I, my writing is way worse than his it would not take nearly that many monkeys or nearly that much time um okay we got to talk about ben and this upcoming skateboarding tournament yes there's there's an upcoming skateboarding tournament Uh, yet another thing that flyers are being put up for the 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 phone poles of of seattle are are thick with flyers for missing chimps missing kids and upcoming uh skateboarding competitions Yes, but it's a um, it's a one thousand dollar prize, and you'll get sponsored if you win it, which could help with uh with Ben's financial situation, which is what, which which honestly it seems like you know Mr. Fagan or whatever the the uh, Cockney <laughs> print shop guy is is paying him pretty well if he can afford like electricity, fridge, hot plate, loads yeah. of of Coke, Pepsi, donuts. <laughs> he seems pretty self sufficient. Plus. Uh, the the print shop owner is like, if you get this done, you know, on time, I will give you an extra five dollars. I wish my boss was like, hey, if you do all your work today, I will give you double your income. I mean, yeah. I'd be like, fuck yeah, please. This orphaned street urchin has a kind of better workplace compensation and bonus structure <laughs> than eighty percent of working Americans. It's really a, a charmed life he's living. I can and, and an affordable studio apartment in in the middle of a cool city. Never Seattle mind the ape friend. Yeah, exactly, dude. This is Seattle during boom times in the nineties, or or the during the dot com <laughs> boom for that matter. Microsoft and shit. Oh, oh lord, man, kids had it so good. Um, so uh, well, yeah, so yeah, there's a, a skateboarding competition coming up. Um, uh, well, do you want to talk about how uh, Richard Karn uh? Uh, kind of comes to uh, play a role in in helping yeah. Ben the boy prep for that. So weird, just the weirdest possible way. <laughs> yeah, I yeah again. Oh, only only Richard Curran could could do this, but yes. So Ben finishes up his uh, his his daily tasks for Fagan and decides, hey, I'm gonna go. I, I'm a skateboarder. I'm a skateboarding kid. I'm gonna go check out the skateboarding shop mm-hmm. and. It happens to be the one owned by Richard Carn, Ollie, and yep. uh, while he's in there, there are two kids kind of talking to Richard Carn about skateboarding paraphernalia. Yeah, uh, and Ben's in there, and um, he sees uh, he's just kind of browsing around. He can't afford anything. Yeah, uh, although I have a question about how expensive a <laughs> 
skateboard is compared to your electric bill, but okay. If, if you um, if you didn't buy six two liters of Pepsi a day for like one week, you could probably <laughs> afford that skateboard. Again, I'm not trying to do yeah. a pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing. I'm just saying. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't afford anything in this shop. But he sees the the flyer on the wall, and Richard Karn, kind of in his, you know, it, it, listen, Ollie is an extension of Richard Karn's pantheon of characters, and they all have a undercurrent of empathy to them. Mm-hmm. He can, he can sense, oh, this kid, he he's in. Well, and a he's already see, he kind of knows the situation because he already got the flyer. Yeah, he's a uh, <laughs> he's Run one away. of the merchants. Yeah. Um. But he sees, oh, this kid's interested in something. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna orchestrate <laughs> in the most convoluted way possible how to help him. And uh, the the kid's selling, the kid at the counter is selling his old board. And uh, Richard Carnes is like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna throw your old board in the dumpster directly out back side of this shop. Uh, <laughs> It, so that he could, you know, be within earshot of Ben. And later, Ben starts looking through in order to get Jack a skateboard. Yeah, they go to Ollie's dumpster to try to find a skateboard. And so Ben climbs into the dumpster and starts pulling out a bunch of uh, boards and wheels. And um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know what skateboard axles are those things that connect the wheels to the board whatever yeah yeah i I, you're again you're talking to the wrong person about this but yeah yeah yeah. i was not a skater uh you did not say see you later but so he's in there and hey let's just acknowledge the movie just completely acknowledges jack's ptsd when ben's in there and (laughs) in the dumpster and he's like oh god don't go Ben, don't go in the dumpster. Yeah, yeah. And ja- he Jack goes in the dumpster, and he's Jack's at a distance, like like covering his eyes, visibly scared. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the dumpster lid closes on Ben, and Jack just goes full nom uh, flashback <laughs> to the dumpster being taken away. Um, but uh, at the sound of the dumpster lid slamming down, Richard Carn steps out back. He's like, "Who's there?" And then he hears some rustling in the in the dumpster, and he gives this like knowing smile uh, as he's like, "I did my job. I, yeah. I I helped this kid out. He found the skateboard I put in there for him." And yeah, then goes back inside. Ha ha ha! Child is trapped in my dumpster. What a lark! <laughs> sure, that'll work itself out anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, but it, I, it you know, so he just walks away and like it's. It's also because he's already seen this runaway child in his store and hasn't called social services. And then he now knows the kid is rooting through his dumpster. And he's like, well, I'll let him come to me. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I don't know. There's, there's something. It's weird. But at the same time, there is some sort of, like, wisdom to what he's doing here of knowing, like, if I come at him directly... He's just going to run away more. This is never explicitly said, but it's totally baked into his performance. I, and it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it it, it works for some reason. It, it like it it does. Like I'm calling I'm calling it out because on if you if you think about it past the performance, it's kind of ridiculous that a man that like an adult would be doing this. But yeah, the way Richard Carton plays it off, the way he kind of chuckles and and gives a knowing look as he goes back inside, it's like he, you you can tell that he has got this he has planned this out in his head like this is like 
this is going according to plan for him, that he has good intentions here. And it's, I, I don't know, Richard Karn really carries this movie. And and he does it without skateboarding for even a second. <laughs> um, but so, okay, all of this to say that the the tournament has, you know, the tournament bug has gotten into Ben's head uh, to the point where Fagan asks Ben to put up flyers and uh, he gets so excited about it because he skate- skateboards around putting these things up. Yeah. Um, he puts one up and decides, oh, you know what? I'm so excited about this. I'm going to pocket this one for myself. Yeah, yes. Yes. He puts it up and then he immediately takes it down and tucks it into his jacket. Why? Why, Ben? You don't. You, you got the information, buddy. <laughs> like, it's not. There's, there are not that many it's, words it's, on it's the flyers. It's not an invitation. <laughs> and you've been looking at the flyer nonstop because you've got 5,000 of them that you're putting up all over. You've absorbed the information, <laughs> and there's not like an email address or anything on there that you need to write down. Right. Uh, so also in the process of him putting up the flyers for the tournament, uh, this is when the cop who initially um, saw Jack mm-hmm. uh, discovers Ben's hiding place. Yeah. Um, and so now the cop and the social worker are on their tail. The cop, mm-hmm. they're, they're joining forces. The cop is after Jack. The social worker's after Ben. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, some would say that social workers could solve both of these problems, but that's a debate for another time. Um, <laughs> and, and I should also say that as, you know, you know, as their hideout has been discovered, as they're gearing up for the competition, back home, Louis has grown despondent at the news reports about his missing brother or dad should be, should i say and uh eventually has had enough so he uh goes and hitches a ride uh from a weird old dude in an rv down to seattle um to i guess look for his dad now this is the moment in the in the movie when i realized wait yeah what 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 the fuck like so jack went to seattle he then has left the team because he's been framed and he's sad and everything. Why is he staying in Seattle? Why doesn't he go back to his son? Like, why are you... What you it's like, literally, he's just as like, oh, okay, let me find a different child, I guess. It's like, you got to Seattle just fine. You're a very capable monkey. Go back to the wildlife preserve. You deadbeat. Now, listen, I don't want to make too light of uh, what is unfortunately too common of a situation, but... Uh, so trigger warning, but Truman, if you were a child who was abandoned by your father and you found out that he left you and your family to go roam the alleyways of Seattle skateboarding, <laughs> okay, how, how would you feel? I mean, that is how, how would that make you uh, your your outlook on your own life look like? I mean, truthfully, that is probably what I would tell my friends at school. <laughs> I would be like, oh, yeah, my dad's not around because he has to go skateboard around the alleys of Seattle. Oh, cool. Like that's yeah. I, I mean, that is what I would use to cover up for a much more tragic and sad story. <laughs> Did we just unlock the the hidden meaning of this movie? Is this an allegory for the the screenwriter? <laughs> yeah, the, the next this is this is him him doing a movie version of that. Yeah, and then I guess the next uh, the next movie uh, MXP is all about having a girlfriend who lives in Canada. Or I guess if this mo- <laughs> if the movie's made in Canada, then it's a girlfriend who lives in America, I suppose. But uh... actually, 
I'll give I'll give this movie that. There, there's literally no romance in this at all. That's surprising. That that is even when the the movie goes out of its way to introduce a female skateboarder at the competition who gets in third place, and I'm thinking like, okay, wait, are you shoehorning in a girl for him to kiss like at the last right. minute in the last five minutes? And they didn't yeah, do that. They the, just wanted the to show a girl skateboarding, of... which was cool. Yeah. The series of shots where, of course, Richard Karn, uh, Ollie, and the social worker would end up, uh, you know, getting together as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, th- th- I guess that's pretty cool. There's no time for love. There's only skating and hockey, and and I, I guess, guess I guess so. And and I guess a little bit of time for eighty yard lines uh, commenting on what's happening. Okay, I gotta mention this because it's an important plot point. Uh, yes, as they are getting away, um, the social worker and the police person see uh their hideout ben and jack go on the run yes. and uh as they're running away they're well skateboarding away uh i'll uh ben goes off a jump yeah and <laughs> shouldn't have been he, hot dogging <laughs> he he goes off a jump and immediately ages 18 years by the time he hits the ground because <laughs> he 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 spills out uh pretty pretty gnarly bro um mm-hmm <laughs> Sorry, the, the greatest moment the the greatest moment in the movie just happened on the screen behind me, <laughs> uh, and I'm getting directly to this moment. This is where I'm heading. Okay. Uh, when he lands, he finds out that his board broke. So mm-hmm. it was like a a minor stunt. They had a stunt person come in that was way too old <laughs> to be uh front end for Ben. Yeah, and be and because they were so much larger than Ben, that's why the board broke underneath them when they landed that sick uh, that sick Ollie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, okay, the board's broke. Where where are we gonna go from here? Well, there's one person who's already helped. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ollie can. And yeah. they, uh, Jack and Ben, find themselves in the dumpster behind Al- uh, Ollie's again, looking for a board. <laughs> Wait, the, the the real message of this movie is when in doubt, climb into a dumpster, which is not a good message <laughs> to be giving children because lots of no. kids die doing that. It's very true. Uh, there could be syringes in there. We don't know what Ollie is up to in his spare time. Hey, everybody, Gruntwork uh, is very strongly anti-getting into dumpsters. If you see a dumpster, leave it the hell alone unless you're throwing more trash into it. Do not get in there. If you are sad or looking for a new skateboard, there's a better way. There might be a chimp in there, which yeah, is yeah. what happens here. Yes. This is... I, I, I'm going to not... let you take it. I, I've not, take us through this magical moment. I, I'm never taking out the trash again. Now I'm so scared that I'm going to open it and there's going to be a chimpanzee in there having an existential <laughs> moment. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like uh, uh, Jack goes to Ollie's place now with uh, with Ben the boy in tow and he jumps into the uh, into the dumpster and starts flinging bits and pieces out and then hearing the commotion... Ollie comes out of his the store and sees them and is shocked at what's going. Well, he's not shocked, not yet. He, uh, you know, starts talking to Ben and saying, "Oh, oh, what do you do? You're looking for a new skateboard? Oh, you're gonna enter that big skateboarding competition?" And he says, "Well, here, how about I, you know, how about I, I get you?" He he goes in, he gets a, a new skateboard, he gives it to uh, to Ben and says, "Here, show me what you can do." 
Ben starts doing a bunch of skate tricks for him. Richard Carn, the, the most basic skate tricks ever. Very, and, and also, it's like, show me what you can do. And I'm looking like, it's an alley. There's not even like a whole lot to like do tricks off of, but there's like a little ramp. I don't know. I know. It, it's it, like in like the pommel horse in Jim Cotta, like the relevant equipment for skateboarding <laughs> just kind of like appears at convenient moments. In alleyways, yeah. I can't tell you how many like bolted to the ground bars there are for him to grind on in the alleyways here. I mean, it's like when you play a Grand Theft Auto game, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of plywood boards laid out on crates that form perfect stunt jumps in strategic locations all over this city. You never get this in day-to-day life. Um, but so he skateboards for Richard Karn. Richard Karn says, hey, you know what? I'm going to, uh, you know, you can use this board in the competition. Wow, thanks. And then at this point, uh, Jack pops out of the dumpster, and we get a wonderful 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 just acting richard karn shocked to see the monkey and says holy toledo that's a monkey that's an ape (laughs) yeah but he gives a genuine like whoa moment like he didn't like richard karn wasn't aware that there was a chimp in the movie he was acting in oh my god that's but that would be that would be a piece of directorial genius, though, for getting a good performance out of your actors. It's like how when they made the Goonies, they didn't let the kids see the pirate ship until they filmed oh. them dropping into the things so that could get a genuine look I of have shock. Questions about that myth. <laughs> well, well, look, well, the myth that Richard Carn didn't know there was a monkey in the movie until this very moment is now what I believe. That is the truth that I've created. <laughs> uh Okay, well, what what happens here? Because I want to get to the second magical moment, which is just right on the heels of this one. Okay, so Ben, ben just explains Jack's whole deal. He says, oh, yeah, that's my friend Jack. And that, okay, totally normal. Richard Kern then invites the boy and the chimpanzee into his house for hot cocoa, which they are consuming in an interesting way by taking big marshmallows, dipping it in the hot cocoa, and then nibbling the marshmallows. I would do that. I mean, I, I wouldn't... Okay, why don't you talk about what happens? Because I mean, I'm fond of this scene too. But you've been, you called your shot. I want to hear you talk about it and describe how it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> the Ben is uh, behind the counter, the kitchen counter, um, yep. doing up the cocoa. He's doing a cocoa. Yeah. And sitting at he's the, going to the underworld <laughs> to find his dead grandpa. <laughs> Richard Carn, Ollie, and Jack are sitting at the bar stools at the kitchen island. And Jack is uh, just kind of nibbling on a on a marshmallow. He's noshing on a mosh, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, he offers it to Richard Carn. Now, oh. I have been very vocal about what I think is the best moment in television history, which is in Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, when <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin goes to a, a vet office with uh, with Harry Truman, hell yeah, and uh, a llama walks between them in the middle of the scene, dead eye stares <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin down in the middle of the line, <laughs> just goes, Rump! and then continues walking, and he doesn't break the scene at all. The best, most professional actor in history. <laughs> that is. The top moment of TV. This is the top moment of film where Jack offers Richard Karn a marshmallow and to eat out of his fingers. Yeah, he mind feeds, you. Not just he like, here, take this him. from me. Yeah. He's like, let me feed this to you. And Richard Karn tries to take a bite out of it and it falls to the floor. <laughs> and he gives this like look to Jack, like, well, what are you going to do? And then turns and delivers a line to Ben without <sighs> missing a beat. And it's just like, 
sometimes <laughs> there are actors blessed from the angels with such professionalism that yeah. it makes me optimistic for the future. Show this at Juilliard. Like he does not he the way that he reacts like like the Jack offers him the marshmallow. He he b- takes a small bite off the end and then Jack drops it in his lap and he just looks down at it in his lap. Looks back at Jack, his co-star in the scene, and it's just very much, this is what Ollie would do. Just like, what are you going to do? Sometimes you drop a marshmallow. So anyway, if you guys (laughs) want to sleep upstairs, it's, it's like you, now I think to all the bloops on Home Improvement, and it's like, it's always Tim Allen or Patricia Richardson or someone else breaking. Like Richard, Richard Karn is a rock. He will go with it. He will inhabit the character no matter what is going on around him. I am literally so impressed with this man. It's, uh. No, it's it's something else, man. And then I, and then, like I mean, he th- listen. The script isn't doesn't provide a lot of range. No, but he brings so much. Like okay, so well, when Ben and Jack go upstairs to sleep, yeah, the, the script does provide a lot of range in that it goes from being a movie about a hockey playing monkey to being a movie about fair. a skateboarding monkey. That is range, not on a character fair. level, but very fair on a story level. Uh, go on. But so when Ben and Jack go upstairs, uh, Richard Karn pulls out the the card of the social worker, and um, he has a moment where he's like, "Okay, I gotta I gotta make this decision. Am I gonna really, you know, what am I gonna do that's best for him? I know he's it, it, like, there's no lines of dialogue here. No, but no. you can read all of this on his face. He's like, "Okay, I know he's safe tonight. I gave him food. I know that he's gonna get a good night's rest." I, and as much as I understand why he's doing what he's doing, I have to call the social worker. This happens in like two seconds of screen time, but all of that reads in his performance. And, and this happens, the, like he, he conveys these kind of emotionally complex thoughts in a couple of seconds with just his eyes. And this happens immediately after a scene where a monkey feeds him a marshmallow and immediately before a scene where a monkey makes pancakes like it it splatters him with the batter yes which is i mean look we'll we'll spend 30 minutes talking about that when we get to it in just a moment but it's he he brings so much to this and i feel like it makes it all the more ironic that there was a whole home improvement episode about al being a shitty terrible actor when richard karn is really good he's he is he, yeah, I mean, listen, you've heard us for eight seasons say he's the best on Home Improvement, but I, this is just confirms it with a bullet for the, the, me. Like, is, there's, there's no arguing. You, you've you heard me say for a long time on Home Improvement that Tim Allen is a really good dramatic actor, and I wish he had more of a dramatic career. I wish that, t- I want to see Tim Allen and Richard Karn both be in a, in a like, knife-edge, taut, thriller, drama movie as like I don't I don't know I don't know what it's about but I want to see both of them in a because I think they could both pull it off I think they both have real acting chops and they've just kind of got pigeonholed as being sitcom guys I it would be even if it's not good it would be it would be weird in an interesting way and I'd love to see that like I, I don't know I I'm I I want to see all the characters uh, from Home Improvement in dramas that's that's my point. We got listen. We got Patricia Richardson in County Line. I mean, we could still hold out hope, I guess. I, I mean, well, like, yeah. And honestly, if Richard Karn is the bad guy in a subsequent uh, County Line movie, I mean, that that could be our. <laughs> that's another shot at Mean Karn that I've been looking for for oh, so man. long. Oh man. Um. So okay. Well, so Richard Karn is pondering the card, uh, and upstairs, like as. 
that as Ben is going to bed, he says goodnight, Ben, to him. And then Ben is in bed, sleeping next to Jack. And then suddenly he just sits bolt upright in bed and goes, Jack, how did Ollie know my name? Oh, he's going to call the cops. We have to go. And what I find very endearing about this scene is just the notion that uh, this little boy has lived such a rough life that he too sits bolt upright in the middle of the night, <laughs> giving new context to moments from his day and realizing that he's fucked up. Like that's, that's a very, that's a very adult trait for a little kid to have. And I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, agreed. I, that registered for half a second for me until I realized, oh, no, they aren't doing a two-shot, or they aren't doing separate shots. They're doing a two-shot with the child in the bed with the chimp. I don't feel comfortable with this. And, yes, yes, because this, he he sits up, and it's like, oh, no, we have to run. And then, all like, uh, uh, Jack basically just reaches up and, and takes him by the shoulders and pulls him back down to bed, which is an interesting gesture. And, and, and then... Uh, then Ben says, oh, well, if you think it's safer, then we'll stay. And then he, like, turns off the light and rolls over to go back to bed with Jack. And it just, it's very much just like, no, no, it's okay, honey. You just had a bad dream. Go back to bed. I love you. Like, it's like Jesus a husband Christ. and a wife in bed. I wish I could recover from the cold sweat moments like that uh, the way that Ben does. I mean, like, you, you need I, a chimpanzee. Have a whole, I have a whole routine where I wake up from a, a night terror and have to go to the bathroom, turn the light on, drink a glass of water, calm myself down, maybe sometimes pace and walk back and forth through my hallway before I can even arrive back to my bed. Okay, I hope I I hope that whenever my girlfriend listens to this, she hears that there's someone who has worse night terrors than I do. See, it's really not that bad. <laughs> um, so... He says, you know, after after Jack convinces him to stay in bed, uh, uh, Ben goes, night, Jack, love you. And Jack makes a kissing face at him. It's just like, oh, OK, let's end this scene. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's truck he- ahead to the end of this thing. And I think we should probably go. Um, let's give the listeners <laughs> the OK. Roger Ebert once gave the bit of advice to people who wanted to write film reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Let um, tell them what it feels like. Okay. So basically, when you're writing, make people feel through your review the way the movie made you feel. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do that for listeners for the breakneck twists and turns the rest of this movie takes. Okay, so so how do you propose that we do that? We go from waking up in the morning to it's uh, uh, Louis arriving at the hockey stadium and joining the Simeons. Yes, completely forgotten about Jack. While parallel, I mean, maybe maybe you take one scene, I'll take another, uh, and we talk simultaneously. Okay, because <laughs> that okay. feels like what's happening. Okay, so Jack is making pancakes and he sprays the batter all over Richard Karn. It's the day of the skateboarding competition, and then Louis arrives driving an RV uh, piloted by a weird blind old man, and he goes into the locker room at the Simeon Stadium, and all of the longtime friends of Jack see this other chimpanzee and immediately assume that he is Jack, and then they put him out on the ice, 
and he's not good at <laughs> hockey because he's not Jack. And they're all like, why is this monkey that is much smaller than Jack, but is clearly Jack so bad at hockey? Clearly Jack has just forgotten. It's the day of the championships. We still have lots of time to warm up. And there's skateboarding, meanwhile. And I, I, I mean... <laughs> Uh, then I've already lost the thread. Uh, okay. Here's a question. Why, why did they let Louie as Jack? I mean, let's just take that, you know, uh, all chimps look the same conversation off the table. Yes. Thank Um, you. Let's, (laughs) why did they just immediately, immediately let him back on the team, especially when they are about to play the carjackers again? Yes. This is the, this is the like championship game that they are about to start. Uh, was was Jack kicked out of the league or just the game? There, there was. We know that there was an investigation. He was pulled from that game, but it was just like, okay, there's going to be a full investigation. But then he runs off. He's supposedly wanted by the police. Also, which doesn't look good. If you if you're if you're a suspect in some sort of crime, do not run away. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely do not. And then when you find out the police are looking for you, do not continue to look away or to continue to run away. Um, right, but. So then he comes, you know, so they find, they find Louis as Jack. They assume that this is Jack. They just put him back out on the ice. And there's no, no one on the no team question. is like, no one on the team is like, oh, he's, uh, wait, didn't he bite a guy? Wait, what happened? Like, hey, we need to see about right. his legality being on the team. The coach is not like, no, this is a thing. Like the, the coach of the carjackers even calls a ref over and is like, hey, that's the monkey who bit one of my dudes. And the ref is kind of just like, eh, yeah, like, yeah, that is. Yeah. There's, there's no there's no rule in the rule book. There's nothing in the rule <laughs> book that literally. says that a, what that a chimp can't bite other players on the team. I th- yeah, why would there be? There's there shouldn't be any rules in the rule book about chimps but, in hockey. But clearly, there is a rule against biting the other team because that's why he gets thrown mm. out of the game in the first place. The ref enforces the rule then, but then it's just like, okay, well, we, that's the one time we enforce it for the season. He's back. Nothing we can do. <laughs> But, but, uh, I, I actually, I'm kind of reversing my position as I'm watching this on the screen here. If I was a hockey player and I saw that my teammate was a chimp that dressed in human clothes, uh, and then I don't know what. Uh, how, how long do you think this has elapsed? Three weeks? Two I, weeks? I, one week? Two days? It, it, it takes place. This movie takes place over the course of like about a, a month or like four months, I think, because the skateboard competition is in April and the uh, newspapers that are showing up at the beginning as as he's taking the team on their winning streak start in January 2001 and progress by a few months. Okay. Well, so four months and, later, another chimp coming in wearing human clothes. I would probably confuse them for the same chimp because certainly there couldn't be two. Well, but you'd also think that after four months of the greatest hockey player in history being a chimp, other franchises would start going down to the zoos and being like, hey, can we uh, can we borrow some of your chimps for a second? We just want to see something <laughs> like that's all right. I've got a new theory. I got yeah. a new we've got a flowers for Eldrinon situation going on with the chimps. There's some sort of lab that's giving them uh some sort of uh, formula. It, it's Some like sort of serum. Yeah, it's like all all these for Algernon. It makes them really good at skateboarding. Yeah. Jack is just—he's slowly becoming dumber over the course of the movie. <laughs> he's losing his skating prowess. That's what all the the hockey players are thinking when they see him on the ice again. He's like, <laughs> man, we got to get this chimp more serum. We got. Yeah, they, it makes them all think about how they they read that book in eighth grade and cried a whole bunch, and they have a they have a. <laughs> conversation about the you know the nature of intellect and what that means about a person's worth as a human yeah um 
it's uh it's it's just there's so much shenanigans of them out on the ice with them being like why can't you skate well why can't you skate anymore oh it's okay you can but also it's like all right well you don't have to put him in for the game you can be happy that the chimp is back you can recognize he hasn't practiced with the team for a couple weeks so he shouldn't be well there's there's no rhyme or reason to when players are on the ice and when they aren't on the ice and uh i mean both on both teams i mean it just seems like a no holds bar league like whenever they need someone taken out they're just like okay get on the ice they don't pull anyone off they're not doing any plays there's no face offs at any point it's just like step onto the ice and body check that person cool great and listen, as someone who doesn't watch sports and especially doesn't watch hockey, I welcome that. Fine. This is what sports, this is what every sporting event looks like to me, is just chaos, people running around doing things, occasionally hurting each other, and it's like, ah, okay, I guess that's how sports work. I mean, honestly, oh, I'm man. just upset that I've never seen a chimpanzee playing a sport on TV. I'm, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really, I guess, reversing all of my previously held positions about whether I think it's okay for chimpanzees to play sports. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we we all learned something about ourselves in this movie. Yeah, you see Jack change over the course of the movie. You see him get dumber, and you see me, I think, also get dumber over the course of podcasting about this movie. Um. Okay, so that's basically what's happening with Louis. Do you remember? Let's just wrap up the Louis storyline. Uh, how do they find out that he's not Jack? Well, they find out he's not Jack when, uh, meanwhile, the skateboarding competition, uh, Richard Carn signs the paperwork as a parent slash guardian so that Ben the boy can compete. He competes in the skateboarding competition. He gets first place. Uh, the cop and the social worker are there as well. They see this and there's much rejoicing. They uh, come to Ben and you know, Ben's like, I'm not going to let you take me away. And Richard Kern goes, nope, I'm your new dad now. And that's resolved. And then the cop goes to take <laughs> Jack away. We are just kind of like, we are blasting through the most important part of the movie. But I, well, I mean, was that, was that the intent or did we want to talk more about, I mean, I no, thought we... I, 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 at this point, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, the, well, there, there are a few details like the, the trophy for winning the competition is basically a WWF belt. <laughs> yes, which is weird. Which is weird. They they put it on on Ben and then when Ben takes it off to go skateboard with the pro skateboarder, definitely not an actor who uh has awarded him the 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 belt. Then he hands it to Richard Karn who holds it up over his head like he just won a wrestling championship, which is fun. Uh I, I couldn't read through your uh your 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 uh, tone i couldn't read through your tone uh whether or not you thought that was an actual actor or not an actor Uh, no i think that's definitely not an actor i think that i think that skateboarder did his own acting instead of an actor doing his own skateboarding oh yes you're you're correct yeah he is a a real skateboarder although he did uh play cameo yacht in the new point break oh okay so wait is he plays a cameo role as a person named yacht or his name is cameo yacht his name is cameo yacht Okay, that's a that's a Star Wars name right there, um, <laughs> and you could play him as uh, as himself, obviously, in uh, all of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater movie, uh, games. Okay, is there is there a bonus level where you get to make this movie? Because then I might be interested. <laughs> Jack is an unlockable character. <laughs> I would. Oh my god. Okay, that's that's what's going to get me into skateboarding video games again. I guess it's. I'm very suddenly pro. <laughs> I, I feel weird seeing a chimpanzee in a movie, but a digitally rendered chimpanzee in a video game, fine. No cruelty there. It's all just ones and zeros. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a Black but Mirror episode in there. Oh, God, no. 
Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Like the, the whole point, we need to get this to understand the to resolve the Louis storyline. We can come back to it, but the point is the cop takes uh, takes Jack away, and they're like, "Are you arresting him?" And he says, "Arresting him? No, I've got to get him to the stadium. It's the second half of the game against the L.A. Carjackers, and he needs to help him win." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay, wow, the whole city's on board with this." So. Then they take Jack to the stadium. Jack walks into the locker room at halftime, and this breaks the brains of the entire team as they see two chimpanzees in the same place at the same time. It's just all of this. <laughs> there's three three dudes sitting on the bench together, and they're all going, whoa, 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 Just like any, any, uh, any thriller where there's been a, an evil twin doing all the, the evil bidding. I, yes, they, they, and this is when then uh, Perrier or whatever the hell his name is hops up and says, oh, Perrier. oh my gosh, that, you know, that must be your brother Louis. And then he gestures to the picture that he looked at earlier that makes him, that makes him uh, like Jack in the first place of Jack with, with Louis. And it makes me realize, yeah, wait, you idiot. You saw, a, you, like, you know what Jack's <laughs> little brother looks like. You of all people should recognize this isn't Jack who's been hanging out in the locker room. Like, oh, God, the picture is up in the locker room. You can put him next to it and realize this. The evidence is staring you in the face, guys. Maybe don't drink so many milkshakes. You got brain freeze. (laughs) Sometimes we have to lie to ourselves in order to get through the day. What can you say? Wow. More deep insights from Gruntworks episode about most vertical primate. Um, two, two, <laughs> of course, of course. Well, the first one is called most valuable primate. So this is the first most vertical primate. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. Yes. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, I mean, then, uh, what do you want? What do you think happens next? Obviously Jack goes out and do they lose the game? Do they win the game? They win the game because of Jack. <laughs> they not only win the game, I think they win the, like the world. I don't like the the amount of excitement and cheer, cheering uh that sorry I, I can't have this on in the background while I it's do this it's distracting i tried and it was bad <laughs> all of the the reactions are just like unhuman the, the, the all of the okay for one thing the crowd who so viscerally began to hate uh Jack, when he fake bit that dude, uh, they're now 100% back on his side. They have his merchandise that they're wearing. They're holding bananas in the stands. Also, at no point in the process of, like, Jack winning the game, it's never, his name is never formally cleared. Like, the guy from the carjackers never comes up and goes, I swore to catch up on my hand and faked it. Like, these people are rapturously cheering for Jack, fully believing that he is a violent and aggressive beast who bit another person, but because he won a game for their team, they're willing to accept him. It's a very dark commentary on the nature of celebrity. (laughs) Um... The last bit of this movie is just all of the characters we've seen just watch audience shots, just watching something that is clearly not happening in front of them, but they have to react as if they are like Richard Karn is in the audience of the skateboarding championship. And then suddenly he and Ben are in the audience of the Simeon's final game. Uh, He's been going to a lot of sporting events for, for one day. That's that's, a big day. He has. Uh, I do. I want to go back to the skateboarding championship for a second. When, uh, when Ben wins, he gets the, um, uh, 
the belt, and then as soon as he gets a belt, <laughs> Richard Carnes like, "Hey, I'm gonna be your father. How do you feel about that?" And Ben's like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, <laughs> and then then uh, uh, Bob Burnquist comes over, the professional skateboarder who's mm-hmm. uh, overseeing. He's judging this competition. Comes over and says, "Ben, you really impressed me, and I want to sponsor you. Uh, <laughs> how, what do you think about that? We should we should go skating." <laughs> he he went to the like, he went to the Andretti Brothers School of Acting. <laughs> Father and son, you nope. won't you won't nope. sell me on that. Nope. No, no, Jack is Louis's father, but the Andrettis are brothers. That's how it works. Um, But so as soon as Bob Burnquist comes in and offers a sponsorship and to go skating with with Ben, Ben just like doesn't even look back at Richard Carn and just kind of shoves off the belt to Richard Carn and walks away uh, in the coldest act of the movie. And yeah. Richard Carnes is like, oh, this entire audience is watching me as my as my new son just completely abandons me. I'm gonna hold the belt over my head. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks thanks for the free skateboard nerd. I go skateboard <laughs> with my new friend. Maybe he'll become my dad. <laughs> uh, and then we get a little series of shots of Bob Burnquist uh, skateboarding because you know why waste that opportunity? Yeah. Um. And Ben, you know, they're skateboarding together. Um, that was just a really odd bit of uh, interaction there. But the it continues into the uh, the hockey game where <laughs> it, I, I I'm trying to follow the logic where I don't even know that we don't we don't acknowledge how everyone got into the stadium, how they got seats like cuz no. Jack's not coming into the beginning of the game. This is like what, the fourth period. Yeah, no, it's at the very he is coming in right at the end. And <laughs> Yeah, I, but I, the I, cop has a seat, the social worker has a seat, Ben and Ollie have seats. No, everyone just took the, off work the punks, when they Yeah, the punks, the driver of the RV that Louie was in has a seat, (laughs) which makes no sense because when Louie, when Louie is first picked up by this weird old man driving an RV, which is exactly the sort of thing that wouldn't happen if his fucking deadbeat dad had come home from Seattle after losing his job to look after him. But anyway, he gets in the RV with this guy and the guy says, oh, I'm going to, you know, Canada, but uh, I'll drop you off along the way. And then by the end of it, he's there at the game. So he's just completely <laughs> abandoned his trip to Canada, and then, yeah. and then when all is said and done, he gives, uh, he gives Jack and Louie a ride back to the nature preserve. So this man has completely put his life on hold to play Uber driver to a couple of chimpanzees. <laughs> it's unfair. <laughs> I mean, I guess he needs you know, to have better boundaries, but whatever. I think I think we have aged out of the era of always assuming that this is some sort of fever dream as someone's dying. Um, yeah. And I like that this is just I, I want to take it for the reality that it's presenting us <laughs> that that this dude did just decide like what what is the story of the man? <laughs> it almost feels like a, a legend, some sort of Johnny Cash song. <laughs> the guy who, who gave up. <laughs> Gave up whatever future he was heading toward so that he can go and take these two chimps back home. And they call him the monkey boy. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, so what, I mean, what else, what else do you have? They, they, I'm okay. I guess, okay. Uh, actually, <clears throat> I asked you what you have, but I just saw a note of mine. 
the the coach says before they go out there to win okay man we've got a championship to win that's good wordplay go on (laughs) god um because they're the simians not because of jack Mm -hmm, of course of course uh the way that this final scene we we didn't talk much about the the actual sports play of how hockey is depicted here but uh, Uh, have you have you thought again about who your co-host is and where his interests lie (laughs) (laughs) well okay i was gonna bring this up earlier i'll bring it up now this movie made me realize i think i like sports movies damn okay okay because there there was a moment i mean this has just like barely this is like the the lacroix of flavors this Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. but uh there is there's a little bit of um major league in this mm-hmm. uh at least when you're they're doing the the um the draft picks at the very beginning you got the skateboard you know you've got the the chimp <laughs> you've got the ice skater like you're assembling an unconventional team of people um some of it reminded me of slapshot mm-hmm. which is a movie i love yeah paul newman uh uh-huh. I just I know there's something inherently fun about the like rooting for a team that sucks to get to a place where they don't suck yeah. and like finding success that isn't necessarily winning on in the major league uh, uh sense this one it is just winning um I know there's something fun about that. And so this movie made me realize that. And I will always remember it for that. I mean, I, I, I'm really touched that you could watch a movie about a chimpanzee playing sports. And that made you realize that sports don't need a chimpanzee to be interesting on screen. That's, uh, that's cool. (laughs) And honestly, there are moments at the end when he's making the, the, the last shot to win the game where everything goes into slow motion and you see every character cheering for him. And the soundtrack is kind of going, that's and. I was thinking about the natural, like I was thinking like, oh yeah, when he hits the baseball into the lights and all the sparks are falling in slow motion, like that's a cool moment in a movie that I I otherwise find a little boring, but yeah. That's, well, that's kind of what I was going to get around to is like this, this film has these like almost flavors of, um, of tropes, you know, and so you've got. You've got the chimp getting the the puck at the end and, you know, heading toward um, making the last goal. And everyone's in slow motion watching him, not knowing if he's going to do it. Of course, he's going to do it. But, you know, they they fake you out to try to make you think, what if he doesn't do it? Yeah. Uh, And he does it. And then it, you know, it's not in slow motion anymore. And everyone's cheering. And like, there's something, I don't know, just kind of fun about that. It's even more fun than watching an ape pumping a uh, a hockey stick over his head while, uh, while 80 yard in lines about people saying, oh man, he needs a haircut. Like it's more fun than the fun and games of the movie is watching them triumph. <laughs> so having won the game, you yeah. know, they we, we cut right from that celebration to outside the stadium, seemingly right afterwards. Everyone's out of uniform now. And it's Jack and Louie getting into the RV and everyone's saying, bye, bye guys. Don't be a stranger now. Bye. And they leave and they drive back up to the nature preserve and they get off, uh, you know, get out of the RV and run back to the tree that we saw him sitting in at the beginning. And the old man goes, I'm going to miss those furry little fellers. And that's the last line of the movie. So here's the thing. 
you got drafted to play for this team. It wasn't just like a one-season deal. You're the best hockey player in the world. Why are you quitting? Why <laughs> in are you Canada? Yeah, in Canada. Well, I don't. I mean, the best. Well, no, the best hockey player in 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 Seattle. The the team is in Seattle. It's the Seattle Simians. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, there are Canadian teams that play in the NHL. Maybe it's one of those situations. I mean, I don't know. Either way. It's he's... a Canadian league with a Seattle team. Oh, okay. W- whether it's Canada, whether it's America, you are an outstanding, incredibly good hockey player. I mean, the hockey <laughs> environment is even more more uh, cutthroat and uh, competitive in Canada than it is in the U.S. So, like, you're, you're among the top hockey players in the world. You play for one season, and then you go back to the Nature Preserve. Why? Why? To I mean, okay, so I that sounds to me like it, it you're you're giving me evidence that this is a Canadian league because certainly the NHL, you know, an American league is you, you play into the celebrity, you got to, you know, in your off season, you got to, you know, Canadians are like Okay, the season's over. You over. deserve some well-earned R&R. <laughs> go go take care of yourself. Uh just, you know, they're their celebrities are their next door neighbors. Okay, I, so it's just things move a little slower up north of the border, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I guess that's true. We don't know that he's going home forever. He's just like going back for for a little while. I the the movie has this very kind of like I I don't know. To me, it's ju- it's just like he was in the tree at the nature preserve. He played hockey. He skateboarded, and they decided, I wasn't really into any of those things. I'm mostly into hanging out in this tree, and that's really what it's about. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you expect him to go on Canadian Jay Leno? I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect him to start skateboarding, and he did that, so I was prepared for this movie to serve me up more and more surprises along the way. <laughs> uh, well, I have a surprise for you. Um, if it's a chimpanzee, I don't want it. It's <laughs> uh, In the background... MVP2 has ended, and Autoplay started playing MVP1. Oh, dear. What if I were to tell you (laughs) that Jack is deaf and knows sign language? Oh. I not once would have guessed that, largely because characters speak to him throughout the movie, and he seems to understand them. Granted, okay, so it's obviously muted in the background, so maybe he's not deaf, but his handler's deaf. He's definitely doing stent sign language in this movie. Oh my God. Okay. That's that. I never in a million years would have guessed that that was an angle that we, that this was going to take. <laughs> uh, it looks like he also is starting in a zoo as a performer. This is, this has very big nope vibes here. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, are, are we just, is, which I won't go to, is, but. is the, is the rest of the episode just going to be you watching MVP one and reporting it to me scene <laughs> by scene? It might be. It might be. A um, okay. special edition. Just I did. I did not expect uh, a a whole sign language angle to to like why why would that be such a huge part of your first movie and then not at all part of your second movie? It is. It is really weird. Like unless the movie is about him getting his hearing back and that also making him want to wear clothes. <laughs> like if it if it factors into that whole kind of secret of Nim vibe that we thought was going on. I mean, <laughs> you could just take the log line of what we're talking about, and I feel like spin off a whole <laughs> a, a monkey gets a serum to get his hearing back. 
and becomes <laughs> Canada's best hockey player. Yeah, that w- it sounds like an Adult Swim show. On, honestly, yeah, I would wa- like the the movie version of it is done perfectly fine, but the animated kind of crudely flash animated version where the monkey also smokes weed and like and <laughs> yes. and definitely fucks. Like that would also be successful. That would that would be that would compete for the Rick and Morty crowd, no question. Oh my god. Okay. Um, is there anything else with the story you want to go over? I have a few other, uh, just little outliers here. No, no, no. Let's cover the outliers. I've I've covered the story. Okay. Um, would you have lunch with a random chimp that you found? Would I have lunch with a random chimp that I found? No, I wouldn't have chimp. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have lunch with a specific chimp that I found, or even I wouldn't have lunch with a chimpanzee that was introduced to me by a trusted friend. Uh, okay, here here's two things um, that, in addition to not giving people uh, or giving chimps soda, uh, also don't give it Gatorade, mm-hmm. which happens in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, I know it's a chimp, but. It should also be wearing a helmet while skateboarding. Yes, very good point. I I feel weird about the chimp wearing clothes. I feel bad about it not wearing a helmet. A helmet is the only clothes it should be wearing. (laughs) Uh, Agreed. Um, Okay, we didn't talk about the music in this at all, and I just want to... I'm going to steal for myself and say that the music in this is, like, almost music. It's, It's... Yeah, yeah. There's a song somewhere during a montage uh, or a series of shots of him skateboarding that's like almost offspring. I, There's another one that's like almost the never-ending story theme. <laughs> when he's playing when he's playing cards with the other hockey players and drinking what appears to be beer, there is almost I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Band playing. Yes, yes. It's it's close enough but it's definitely not it, but you know you're you're thinking about it. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, what else here? So, the, what are your kind of final thoughts about the, the, the structure of this movie? I mean, would it, would it surprise you if I said that, like, this feels like it's ripe for, like, a a giant Hollywood myth about it, you know, kind of like Milo and Otis went through, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 dogs each. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is not, I don't know that it's true, I don't know that it's not true, but... It's ripe for for mythology. So what if I told you, like, there were 36 minutes of footage that was seized by the Canadian government before this was released? Would you believe that? I, I, I would believe that. Was there 36 minutes of footage seized by the Canadian government before it was released? <laughs> I'll never tell. Oh, God, no, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is... What, a- what if... What if I told you that uh, uh, animal rights activists petitioned a certain amount of scenes be excised from this movie before it was released? Would you believe that? I, I would. I would believe. I would believe that. I would believe any if if it's a movie with a primate. No, all movies have primates in them. If it was a movie with a chimpanzee <laughs> in it, I, and you told me that something abusive happened to the chimpanzee in it, I would believe you. And come to think of it, knowing what I know about Hollywood, if you told me that a movie with a primate in it had something abusive happen to the primate, I would say, definitely, I've been one of those primates. Um, <laughs> what if I said that there was a lawsuit over plagiarism uh, that required a significant amount of footage to be removed from the movie? Would that make sense compared to what we saw? Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. What if, 
What if I said that due to uh, an unfortunate accident at the laboratory, two and a half reels of this uh, movie uh, was lost, and they only had the co- uh, budget to cover five percent of what they originally filmed? Okay, that I wouldn't. That I wouldn't. I would not buy that. I would not buy that. This is more than five. No. Okay. This is my more than five percent. You you finally found how far I will go. It's when you hint that there is a a Lord of the Rings scale epic that that was shot, but we could only get eighty seven minutes out of it. <laughs> All right, I'm glad I defined the line. I'll know better for next time. Yes. Um but but so we don't know any of that other stuff. You'll never tell any of that that potentially juicy content. I, I I can't tell you if I'm trying to create a myth around this movie. I mean, look, all of it all of it I would believe. I it it really well the fact simply that there there is a scene where they're both drinking from 2 liters of diet Pepsi or from of, of, of Pepsi. And then we cut into a close-up shot of Ben the boy, and he is very clearly holding a red-labeled Coke bottle with the logo visible. <laughs> and then you cut back out to the wide, and it's Pepsi. The fact that they would have two arch-rival brands that would very much never want to be depicted next right. to each other in a film. Like, like it seems like a lot of stuff was being done by the seat of the pants on this movie. So I wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if those things that you told me are true. I also just don't want to impugn the director who... Very well, like, we we have no evidence that anything untoward was going on. Right. We just have our own preconceived notions about animal actors. Our own our own fears of that, yeah. Um, here's, here's one last thing that I want to point out. We didn't quite hit how hard this movie is the turn of the millennia in mm-hmm. terms of mm. style, fashion. Uh, I mean, granted, skateboarding is a big part of the movie, which should be a tip-off. Certainly. But, like, the the amount of like colored lens sunglasses that oh are in yes the movie. yes that are that are pulled on by by Jack in a couple of scenes yes <laughs> yep uh, definitely worn by most audience members uh, mm-hmm. especially at the skateboarding championship the, yeah all they're looking through at the whole thing through uh, rose colored glasses uh, this is obviously not a dig at at King Karn but um, the outfits that they choose for him to wear uh are very again almost the word almost i feel like applies to most things in this movie it's almost skaterish yeah yeah well but it but it still incorporates some flannel which i like <laughs> at least in some of the well, scenes well that was a big thing that was that was definitely a big uh and, and big thing i would say seattle it's grunge i get it i was shocked by the amount of name brands in this movie yeah Uh, you know a lot of the skateboarding um sponsors were there but also like ccm a huge uh athletics um a company uh doing sports equipment like feels like they sponsored the entirety of the hockey uh scenes i i guess at that point in time they knew how big Airbud was and they just had to get get on get in at the ground floor or at least the second floor (laughs) since this is a sequel didn't want to didn't want (laughs) to Didn't want to leave money on the table. Any of those Canadian dollars? Did Did Nike sponsor Airbud? Uh, I don't know if Nike sponsored Airbud, but they should have. Uh, I might pull up a uh, an Airbud um screen cap just to see what kind of well clothes they're wearing. And you know, and while while we're talking about the time period in which this movie is set, I just want to call out that yeah. its a theatrical release date in Canada was October fifth, two thousand one, which you know. Was a time when we all needed to laugh at a chimpanzee playing sports. Kind of a bummer time to release a movie like this. Well, you know, I 
saw that they released this for um one weekend, I think it was in LA. Yes. Uh, in before putting it on DVD and VHS. Yeah, that was that was in that was the American release in 2002, but in Canada October 5th, 2001. So, I don't know. Okay. Maybe maybe the maybe, you know, maybe people were more ready to laugh up here, different country, you know. Um here's a question for you. Yeah. Would this have been improved the instead of a chimp with a golden retriever? Um well, we can probably check because I'm sure that the buddies have played hockey at some point, right? I, d- I don't know. Uh, I did just come to an Airbud still of Airbud on the court wearing <laughs> basketball shoes on all four. I paws, mean, it would be imp- so. it would be improved because chimps make me uncomfortable and golden retrievers don't. Game set match. Okay, final thoughts. I, what do you What do you have to say about MVP two? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, you know, uh, honestly. Uh, it 87 minutes long kind of drags in the middle but it's it's wacky and zany enough and it's such a great performance from Richard Karn it's worth a watch for Richard Karn eating that marshmallow out of a monkey's hand alone like that that is that is enough and <laughs> recognizing a chimp in a dumpster and then eating a marshmallow from his hand two seconds later yes uh, ex- exactly a, a, a chimpanzee that you knew was in the garbage and you're gonna eat food out of the palm of its hand <laughs> That's that's theater. That's cinema. What are your final thoughts? Um, I concur with what you said. I agree, and we are in agreement. Again. There was a moment, and I can't exactly pinpoint when, that I realized this movie was bananas. <sighs> Is that when Herbie shows up? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see an MVP Air Bud Herbie <laughs> remix. I I mean, sooner or later, the Air Buddies are going to go to Monte Carlo, and who are they going to find there? <laughs> Someone else who went to Monte Carlo. That's right, Herbie. Um, I mean, Air Bud was Disney, so yeah. it could happen. It could. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I think it. I think it's. It's not my least favorite movie we've done. Let's put it that way. No, no, it's not. It is not by by a country mile. It is not. This is a pretty good movie compared to a lot of other ones we've watched. <laughs> uh, so I'm not saying go watch it, but I'm saying if you are following along, you know, um, if you have to choose between watching this and Crazy on the Outside, Ab- you know where my vote is. I absolutely most most films paired up against Crazy on the Outside. You know where my vote is. Um. <laughs> Well, all right. So, do we want to get back in the RV and go back to the nature preserve where we hang out between uh, between podcasting sessions? Uh, I do, and I guess I will take this moment to just say we are on a brief hiatus from the main season yet again. I know, I'm sorry, but we want to drive the uh, drive the main season home in the right way. And until we get the podcatchers back up and running, we thought we would pepper in some bonus episodes. So. I should have said this at the start, but you know, two and a half hours in, yeah. you get it now. Yep. Congratulations, folks. You could have you could have watched the movie Boogie Nights, but instead you've been listening to us talk about another movie. Um <laughs> uh, so next week we will bring you another bonus episode, another movie, uh probably, and um we will just be in touch with uh, when you can expect another episode of Home Improvement. Yep, yep. Just you know, uh, check your mailbox. There will be a CD in there with a recording of our episode on it, and that is how you will listen to Grunt Work from now on. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us get the show back on its feet, 
Consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Or you can, I guess, not rate or review us quite yet because <laughs> the podcatchers aren't updated. Yeah, I'd like to uh, see you try. Well, you could you could drop a a, a a nice line to us on on Instagram over at Gruntwork Pod. Yeah, why don't you do why don't you do that? Or you could visit. You know what, Truman? Our website is up. Oh, is and it? And people can listen to our episodes there. Oh, you mean at www.gruntworkpodcast.com? They can go there. That's a that's exactly what I mean. That is where you can find um, information on all of our main feed episodes and we're working on getting all the bonus episodes up but this bonus episode will go up uh and until next week when we bring you another bonus episode of grunt work i have been landon solano i've been truman caps and remember no primates were harmed in the recording of this podcast (laughs) promised you wouldn't do that